Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bad Movie Cult podcast. My name is Dominic Lawton. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Kenby Wild. You are indeed, and here I am. We've covered Stallone already. We've already done Segal. We've done Van Damme. We gave you Schwarzenegger. This time, it's Chuck Norris's turn. <laughs> Every turn's Chuck Norris's turn. <laughs> it's the 1983 Steve Carver film, Lone Wolf McQuaid. When you're the best... You do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Your record is unrivaled, but my kind of ranger is a model citizen. Killer in the community. Goes to church. He lives clean. He's got a loving wife and kids. Your lone wolf attitude is gonna change. McQuaid. I saw the plot summary on IMDb. Did you see that by any chance? Uh, no. Let me read it out for you. <laughs> Go on then, let's see how accurate this is. <laughs> After helping the local police with some horse thieves, a Texas ranger aims at a drug lord with arms trade as well. They're interested in the same woman, and they're both into martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all that happens. That's pretty much the size of it. Yeah, I got some tags for you, Ken. If you want to hear some taglines, yes, you know how much I enjoy hearing these. The first one, you'll like this one. Go for it. Whether it comes to fighting, or loving, or killing, there's no one like J.J. McQuaid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like that. Oh, L- loving, loving. Yeah. He loves like no man has ever loved. Not our JJ. <laughs> okay, now that one, I've got another one for you. Okay. The Mad Dog Criminal, the Lone mm. Wolf Lawman, the Ooh. Ultimate Showdown. Oh, I see, that's all right. That's what it's about, isn't it? It's not about loving. Nobody's <laughs> wanted Chuck Norrisville. I hope he does some loving. Maybe Mrs. Norris. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you ever speak of Mrs. Norris. <laughs> He'll hear it. He'll know. He's already on his way, you fool. (laughs) Well, we've got to keep this short then. Um, Got another (laughs) one. Yeah, yeah. That's our speciality. (laughs) Chuck Norris is Lone Wolf McQuaid. The end. That's it. Oh, that should be it. (laughs) That probably (laughs) is it. That's not a tagline. It's not a tagline. That's just the front cover. Chuck Norris is Lone Wolf McQuaid. David Carradine is the man that got in his way. It doesn't say of of what? (laughs) Of other wolves. Just in general. Of the rest of the pack. And then the last one. When Norris meets Carradine, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, I don't... See, it's... You don't need their real names. No. 
But then if you use, I suppose, if you use their character names, no one knows who they are. So as we said previously, this stars David Carradine as, as Rawley Wilkes. You may know him from the Kung Fu TV show or from the Kill Bill films, among many other things he's been in. Or from A Ridiculous Death. Well, yes, more on that later. That's your note, sir. Also stars Chuck Norris as J.J. Lone Wolf McQuaid. You know Chuck from Delta Force 1 and 2, the missing action films. You really don't have to introduce Chuck Norris. <laughs> Is it Sidekicks? Is that was that the kids? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes it is, yeah. Top, Top Dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I have the DVD of and inexplicably the uh, the spine of that is written upside down. This is uh, the first movie that Chuck Norris sports his beard and his sort of ginger dyed hair. Is it? A little wow. fat for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. It's not the last, though, is it? In all of his subsequent films, he keeps that look, in, uh, except for one, which is Firewalker, where he sports Strictly Mustache, which should have been the name of one of his films. Strictly Mustache. That was, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a Saturday night uh, game show. He's <laughs> 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 to have to vote on who's got the best mustache, whether it was real or whether it was fake. <laughs> I'd actually probably watch it if he presented it. it. (laughs) And he just does it like dodgeball. (laughs) Thumbs Thumbs up. up. (laughs) Thumbs up for real mustache. (laughs) Thank you, Chuck Norris. My first note is look at Chuck Norris. Just look at the man. Looks superb. He really does, doesn't he? He looks he's dirty faced, he's sweaty. This is prime Chuck. He's just action. Action all the way. Got work shirt, blue jeans, boot cut, cowboy hat, gun, law badge on his chest. It's a classic Damn look right. for him. He's looking through his scope. He sees that the police are, are surrounding the um, the thieves and a gunfight breaks out. And <laughs> I like the way that he's, he just looks at them and shakes his head. Yeah. He knows best and they've not even asked him. That's yeah, what does. hurts. That's what hurts JJ McQuaid. He just goes to get his rifle, doesn't he? He sticks the scope yeah. on, loads it up. We get the main thief, who I'm pretty sure is in the Three Amigos. He looks like he's in the <laughs> Three Amigos. I think the whole of this scene could have been in the Three Amigos. <laughs> I have actually written El Guapo. <laughs> <laughs> and he's about to um, use a machete on the on the chief. Yeah, because they, they overpower the cops, obviously, because they're bloody idiots, which is why Chuck shook his head and went to get his gun. Yeah, their, their, whole, their whole plan, incidentally, is uh, of, of these uh, horse rustlers. I think there's about seven police officers and there's about 30 of these horse rustlers. So what they're going to do is just all stand together and shout, freeze, with the police, and hope yeah. they all just do. No, they don't. They're quickly overpowered. <laughs> this also happens again later on, where the idiots police force just think, if I just <laughs> shout police, everyone will stop. Yeah, and the, the sheriff and a, a young sort of recruit next to him get bought before the uh, the main the thief, he pulls a machete from a guy who looks a bit like Popeye, to be honest, with he's got a little red neckerchief on. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got a mach- That's what he says. <laughs> oh, what do you, what do you know? <laughs> pulls a machete. And, <laughs> I won't do uh, any more Popeye impressions. Okay, that's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, raises above his head as if to kill the sheriff, and, and Chuck shoots the window out of the truck behind them, which ends up inexplicably catching fire. That's, that's what happens. He's a Texas Ranger. 
a thing with like Chuck Norris as well is like all the classic action movie stereotypes. They're they're in every single one of his films, and you can literally count them as you go along, can't you? And <laughs> stuff like this, like shoots a window and it sets on fire. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it, the first of many. That's what happens. The car blows up. Chuck yeah. Norris shoots a car. It blows up. He ends up. He stands up on the hill. Like he's above them and on the hill, and he stands up. Well, he's dared to. The El Guapo man shouts, "Stand up! Let me see you like a man." Let me see your hat. So <laughs> higher. Yeah, he loves, does. He does love hats. <laughs> but um, no, he, he does. He shouts, "Let me see you like like a man. Face me like a man." And obviously, it's Chuck Norris. So what is he going to do? Stands up. He does. Like a man. <laughs> yeah. He'll stand up like a lady, all all dainty like. <laughs> Ooh, get you. Somebody shouts. <laughs> and they all laugh. <laughs> yeah. Hello, cowboy. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised like none of them actually shoot towards him. They'll just stand there watching him. He tells them that he's a Texas Ranger and they all shit themselves, don't they? Of course they do. Except uh fat El Guapo. El Fato. Doesn't one guy maybe no? Doesn't one guy say no one's ever killed a Texas Ranger and lived to tell the tale or whatever the hell he says? Something like that, yeah. Of course they wouldn't tell the tale if they're dead. No, but nobody's going around saying I killed Texas Rangers, which is probably again it's just self-preservation, isn't it? Yeah, one guy going around telling everybody that, then just be arrested, wouldn't you? Exactly. What's the point? Yeah, one guy fires his machine gun at him, and he only hits the rocks below his feet. Chuck doesn't move a, a muscle. Not an inch, does right. he? <laughs> He's hardcore, man. I don't know if he even noticed. And he ends up just one shot straight in the chest, kills the guy dead. And I like the head bandit in retaliation just kills the sheriff instantly, just shoots him dead. And then we're <laughs> we're treated to the most grandiose music I've ever heard as we watch Chuck slowly walk down the hill. <laughs> it's beautiful. Honestly, this whole scene is absolutely fantastic. The score's this brilliant from in this any, film. Yeah, it could have been any of the uh, the like classic Sergio Leone films. Brilliant. himself get caught and i need to start delivering some martial arts justice some high kicking some leg sweeping shoulder tossing gets it all in there early uh, takes a machine gun from one of the guys and starts firing at the i like how there's 30 of them and they all end up just trying to escape now <laughs> none of them try and shoot him they all just think oh we're leaving yep and how many do none that's how many <laughs> <laughs> he shoots literally all of them he is a crack shot with a machine gun <laughs> He takes them all out. <laughs> it's absolutely superb. Yeah, he, he drags the uh, the main bandit away. No, but not before. I like how the the young policeman he gets him starts giving him a kicking for uh, killing the sheriff. And um, Chuck cuts cuts the the young guy loose, and uh, he gives him a hug, and he tells him how great he is. And then Chuck leaves with the bandit crawling in front of him. I've never seen a Texas Ranger up close before. <laughs> You know, once a Texas Ranger kicked my father's teeth out, would you do that to me, Texas Ranger? Ah, I... 
And that's our first look at McQuaid. He's a lone wolf. No nonsense. Gets the job done. I bet his police captain loves him. <laughs> well, <laughs> we cut to Colonel Sanders, Texas Ranger. And... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Yeah. What a look. What a look he's got. Yeah, it's it's the proper like black tie that, that Colonel Sanders wears on the <laughs> in the KFC, isn't it, with the white shirt. Yeah, that that's uh, that's Dakota. Yeah. I am calling him Colonel Sanders for the rest of the year. That's fine. That's fine. He's played by LQ Jones. Yes. He was in the um Mask of Zorro with Antonio Banderas, that guy. And like just a shit ton of like westerns and things like that. Because he looks like he should be in the Wild West, doesn't he? That guy. He looks. He looks. He looks great, doesn't he? he? He basically looks like Chuck Norris, his dad, or something. Yeah. Cosplaying as Colonel Sanders. <laughs> well, you know, it's his. It's his seventieth. They've all gone dressed up. He's retiring from the force, I think. And then we get a bit of comedy as Chuck Norris turns up. He's filthy. Sits down. Falls asleep instantly. He's not. He's not one for these sorts of. You know, inner city. Whatever the fuck's going on? No, it's um. I actually put that uh, Chuck Norris looks like the hobo version of Dakota. Yes, that was it. Yeah, I'm no, just letting you know. He's not one. <laughs> he's not one for being in the city. He's out there. He's in the. He's in the desert. He's shooting people. He don't want to be doing this. No, and then when everyone everyone applauds uh, the retirement of Dakota, Chuck Norris he wakes up, walks over, just gives him a beer. <laughs> yeah. He's just brought some beer with him. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is lovely. And as Ken said, we we meet the Carl Weathers police chief character. Oh, he's, he's a pencil neck desk jockey, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he's a ball busting Texan who hates McQuaid and Colonel Sanders. He says he's happy to see him retire, old Sanders, and he wants Chuck in his office in five minutes. <laughs> Dakota says to uh, McQuaid. Uh, Yeehaw! I've <laughs> had some chicken. <laughs> he actually says that uh, he'd rather he wasn't ha- he didn't have to be there for this hand job session, which <laughs> which thankfully we we didn't arrive in time to see. Yeah. We only saw the awards ceremony afterwards. <laughs> oh, is that what the award is for? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if he's retiring from hand jobs or something, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a very odd line from Dakota. And he gives us a couple of other odd lines later on. I can't believe I didn't catch that. Yeah, you think I wanted to be here for this hand job session? <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an awful lot of people attending. That was your first line in one of your films, wasn't it, Ken? <laughs> yeah, that was quite a session. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. I cut to the station. Chuck's in there. He's flirting with the women. He's drinking water. Ch- do you know, that water thing really made me laugh because he goes to the water cooler. It's one of those little cone things, yeah, a little paper cone of water that you looks like you don't get anything out of. Yeah. He drinks that and then he just throws it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it just really made me... He's like, he didn't even care about litter. 
Chuck Norris, he's blown Wolf McQuaid. Yeah. Someone else will pick that up. There's a few points in this, actually, that made me laugh, genuinely made me laugh. But, um, yeah, he gets to the captain's office, and we think... Uh, I actually thought the captain might have been taking a shit here because the bathroom door's open in his office. He asked him to come in. Well, as 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 is customary, uh, I can confirm that actually nobody does have a shit in this. Film. Oh, all right. See, so this is why we've got you on the podcast, Ken. Yeah, he's uh, he's just washing his hands and I think probably rinsing around the key areas. <laughs> yes, quick rinse. It was a hot day, <laughs> and it was a hell of a hand job session. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, so no 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 shits. Sorry. <laughs> All right, well thank you for clearing that up. Uh <laughs> <laughs> which is what the captain said. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. The chief says to Chuck, you know, there's a lot more to being a Texas Ranger than high kicks, beards and letting the local sheriff get killed. You've got he says you've got to look good doing it. He says the best always yeah. got to have style. <laughs> yeah, like Dakota. <laughs> Exactly. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. He hates Dakota, even though you think he looks the part. Yeah. He does commend Chuck for his arrest record, but he says that his rangers are clean living, church going family men. And then he forces him to read the paper. <laughs> yeah, which is a very odd and incredibly personally specific uh, news report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an article written by the senator, apparently. I don't know why he's writing articles in the paper, but. Yeah, exactly. This is a, the whole thing's a little bit odd here. It's something about cutting the annual budget of the Texas Rangers. Um, he sees it as an antiquated form of policing, basically. And the, the captain quotes the article. I've got it here. He says. J.J. McQuaid is a walking symbol of the brutal, uncooperative, obsolete and discriminatory nature of the Rangers today. So quite personal. Exactly. It's a little bit a little bit obvious, really. I mean, he can't even be there thinking, I wonder if he means me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, he does. Yeah, he called you by name in this article that he's got no business writing in the first place. <laughs> About the guy who's got the, the the best arrest record in the whole force. Exactly. Why does it matter? <laughs> but Chuck throws the paper down in disgust, and the captain says, well, your lone wolf attitude is going to change. He's going to start needing to cooperate with local law enforcement. Then he introduces him to his new partner. It's the young policeman from earlier that gave him a hug, Arcadio Ramos. It's the goddamn rookie. He's wet behind the ears, this guy. You know what Chuck says? I think I think Chuck hugs him and says, "Welcome to the team. It'll be great working together." Mm. Of course not. He says, "I work alone." And he's like, he's really happy though. He says, "Just call me Ko." He's got the biggest shitty ingrin you'll ever see on him. This kid. Yeah, I actually never knew his name all the way through the film. Arcadio <laughs> Ramos. Nah, I just put rookie all the way through. Yeah, I've got Ko. He's got a touch of the Eric Estrada about him. This guy. There he is. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the uniform, I think. There he is. There he is. <laughs> That's what he says when he walks in, sees Chuck. Yeah, I've got Chuck's not happy. He walks out the office, leaving the captain and Ko with their dicks in their hand, and then literally in brackets. <laughs> <laughs> hand job session. <laughs> <laughs> not another one. Yeah, well, it's a busy, busy day, isn't it? <laughs> we get our first look at David Carradine now. He's at an airstrip. Yeah, it's an arms deal yep. going on. We've got some Cuban suits. One's got a beret on for some reason. <laughs> and uh, he's got a suitcase full of money. And uh, Carradine says trust is the most important thing in our business. He says that after being offered to count the money and the beret guy agrees with him and then pulls a pistol on him. Mm. Or maybe a pistola. Well, unfortunately for him, he's just picked on Raleigh Wilkes. 
Yes. Hand-to-hand combat expert <laughs> <laughs> from films and such with no actual real ability. <laughs> yes. It gives him a sweet round-the-house kick. And uh, his goons, who were waiting behind crates the whole time, just open fire on the Cubans and kill them all. And uh, that's our first introduction. Not overly evil, because uh, they actually tried to double-cross him. Now, if he'd have double-crossed them, he'd have been more evil. Yeah, well, usually in these films, there's something that like, sets out as a set-piece to show us how great the, the good guy is. And then there's a set-piece to show us how evil the bad guy is. And this one did the first one correctly the second one as you said he's just looking after his own shit yeah that's true and i love the way he's, he's always dressed like he's about to go play golf as well in this film not dressed overly evil wait wait till we get to that end bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did write a note about it that's one of the most ridiculous looking end fight villains ever <laughs> yeah his fucking jumper <laughs> He goes out to McQuaid's cabin and he finds there's a literal lone wolf there. We've got lone wolf McQuaid and an actual fucking wolf. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's his pet. Where the fuck's he got that from? He's just he found it's it. We're in the fucking desert. Exactly, there's loads of them. <laughs> Wolves are fucking woodland creatures. This is in the middle of a bloody ah, desert. This is where it happens. He reared it. <laughs> he gets into Chuck's place and describes it as a piss house. <laughs> Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, it says it out loud as well for Chuck to hear, which is also nice. I actually, um, I actually thought, I thought at this point, um, it looked a lot like Cold Iron's ranch. Very much so. He's got a from Rotor. Yeah. yeah. He's got a ranch. He's got a girl. He's got a dream. He's got a horse. He's <laughs> got a goddamn wolf. Yeah, he's got animal heads on the wall, there's empty beer cans, there's a poncho on the door. you got ice blue jeans with a red bandana out the back pocket, hung up, waiting for him to jump into in first sign of trouble. Yeah, Chuck, uh, he enters, he's shirtless, he's got his revolver pointing at KO. Uh, Chuck's looking good in this movie, bearded, yeah, hair feathered. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say he does look very good, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, KO tells him he came to wake him up and that he's new that he's his new partner and uh, Chuck just shoes him out the door with by uh, shooting his gun into his own ceiling. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a one-story place as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so he's just literally shot a hole in his own roof, which <laughs> yeah. means if it rains, which I believe it sometimes does out there in the desert, then uh, <laughs> he's just going to have to fucking clean that up as well. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> He's a lone wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and even if it doesn't rain, the the uh, the temperature drops to like below zero sometimes in the desert. And he just shot a hole in his fucking roof. <laughs> and he's shirtless. Yeah, the madman. Be freezing. Come on, Chuck. Think about these things before you just do it for for show. <laughs> anyway, Ko he falls out the door, then he gets chased back to his car by uh, Chuck's wolf. I think uh, if you notice that that wolf is uh, the only wolf there, which means that's a lone wolf. The literal lone wolf, yeah. Yeah, I thought all the way through watching this, I was waiting for the line, and I swear I I saw somebody say this once: "You're a lone wolf, McQuaid." And nobody bloody does. No one does, no. <laughs> no. But, I mean, obviously the, the Chief has mentioned his lone wolf style and stuff. But, you know, I, I swear somebody actually said the name of the film out loud and they don't. And it really actually quite upset me. <laughs> Jingao. What a piss house. Ranger? What are you doing here? I... I came to wake you up. I'm your new partner, remember? Kid, get out of here. And forget that partner crap. But Captain Tyler... Tell Tyler to shove it! I like now Chuck gives us some epic shooting of uh, wooden dummies and metal tin cans because it includes like him this, yeah. inexplicably rolling on the floor just in the dust <laughs> shooting yeah, his weapons I, th- I think he was shirtless because he'd had a shower or something wasn't he and now yeah. he's rolling around in the sand which yeah he was he was like damp <laughs> yeah I hope I hope that's what he was doing then <laughs> Yeah, he's doing all that. He's got his shotgun as well, and he's shooting that at targets. Um, as Ko, he creepy peepers at him through binoculars from a distance, whilst he uh, wanks himself senseless. <laughs> <laughs> Hand job session. <laughs> that's the caption that comes up on the screen. <laughs> well, that's what his face looks like, anyway. That it's, he's doing. It's like when the intermission thing used to come up. Someone <laughs> 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 just flashes up saying "hand job session." <laughs> I'm guessing he's supposed to look like he's impressed by what he's watching, but it literally look, just looks like he's pleasuring himself. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think he says, holy shit. Yeah. Which which I think uh, is, is, again, either like one or the other, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it still doesn't tell us which one it was. Norris, during that, he never, ever misses one of those uh, wooden dummies or anything. And even when he gets the shotgun and blows it to pieces, and you're there thinking, well, that's broke that, though, hasn't it? Now you've got to either get another one or stop using his shotgun. It's like, it's like a one-use-only assault course. <laughs> has to build one every two days. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody idiots. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Anyway, after they've both cleaned themselves up... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Chuck goes out for a couple of road beers 
and uh, KO, he turns up apologising to him through the radio. Yeah, he's got the loudspeaker on, hasn't he? Yeah, they race for a bit in the desert, and uh, they show, they're showing off their superchargers to each other. He, he tells Chuck that he won't be able to outrun him because his, his police cruiser's supercharged, and, and Chuck says, well, get a load of this. He actually says, supercharge this. Leaves KO in the dust. <laughs> he presses his Knight Rider turbo boost. So much dust, in fact, that KO uh, just ends up in the hedge. <laughs> just immediately just crashes into a tree that wasn't even there at the point. Yeah, I'm sure no civilians end up dying because the police are playing grab ass in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> we meet McQuaid's daughter now, who runs out to meet him and, and marvels at his beard. You can't blame her. I, I'm still doing it now. It's like from 1983. This like nearly a 40-year-old film. Yeah. It's a great, great beard. His ex-wife comes out looking as 80s as you like, and uh, she tells Chuck that she's got a job in a different town and they're moving away. She calls herself an independent woman with her own life to live. Uh, Chuck says, fuck that noise, as good old Bobby Drew turns up. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine... This is her boyfriend. Can you imagine turning up to a girl's house and your possible father-in-law is prime 80s Chuck Norris? I can't imagine that, no. Not even in the 80s could I imagine that. <laughs> I always imagine Carl Weathers answering the door. <laughs> it's, it's always a slightly nervous time meeting a, a girlfriend's dad for the first time and then it's fucking Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he immediately... Tells us how badass Chuck Norris is and tells Chuck in case he'd forgotten. Yeah, he tells us he was uh, a Marine and won the Silver Star. Yeah, and he says, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was there. <laughs> yeah, we all know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should have seen the handjob session at the end of that. <laughs> the Silver Star Medal is awarded to uh, members of the United Armed Forces, United States Armed Forces, for gallantry in action against an enemy of the United States. For anyone not American who doesn't know what the Silver Star Medal is, that's what it is. That was incredibly informative and very serious. Well done. Thank you. I thought you were going to go and end with a joke or a flourish or maybe a song. But uh, <laughs> no, no, just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, and points at his uh, wedding ring. Um, <laughs> what was that from? Fingers his ring. Just <laughs> die, die Hard too. Oh, yeah. What's it? Yeah, my impression of him. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, one day, we'll, one day we'll get a video to this, and Dom can show you his <laughs> Bruce Willis impression. <laughs> um, McQuaid says it's nice to meet him, and Bobby Drew says nice to meet you, Ranger, which I think's odd. And call him Mister McQuaid, JJ, Lone Wolf, Beardy Balls. Don't call him anything like that. I think it'd be weirder if he had said Beardy Balls, wouldn't it? <laughs> Pleased to meet you, Beardy Balls, <laughs> former Marine, it was a silver star. <laughs> Just, just show him is he is his equal. <laughs> He's not, is he? Bobby, who turns up, basically sucks ass of his uh, new prospective father-in-law, and then gets told to fuck off yeah. by his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, they all leave for the independent woman standing there, and uh, Chuck gives her a big old kiss on the lips to say goodbye. They are divorced, aren't they? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I thought at first it was going to be his sister because they got on so well, and. Yeah. Um, but then she says, bye, mom. And I was like, well, okay, that's weird. And then that happens. And I thought, oh, please don't be it's his sister. Please. <laughs> don't throw that in. <laughs> don't throw that out. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Uh, cut to McQuaid. He's feeding the horses as David Carradine and a midget in a wheelchair have a wank over him. And um, 
<laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't, don't, don't jump across the uh, the entrance of that little midget. <laughs> I love that bit. That made me laugh out loud again. It was, it was brilliant. They've got binoculars, so I'm assuming anyone that's looking through binoculars now for the rest of the film is also masturbating. But yeah, that's 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 an odd character, isn't it? That I I just wrote. It said Wil- Wilkes is looking through uh, binoculars at Chuck, and a robotic dwarf wheels into shot. <laughs> it's robotic Peter. Yeah, it's robotic Peter from <laughs> If Robots Could Cry. Why oh why can't I? <laughs> what the hell is the point of that character being a midget? Oh. It's, or in a wheelchair. It's it's just brilliant. It's just like it, I think it was trying to be like James Bond. Everything he does is like a James Bond villain. Yeah, but it's got nothing to do with anything. I, I liked him. I thought he was great. With Colonel Sanders, he's there. He's got a corn cob pipe, and he's telling the daughter to be careful on the horse. Uh, she's about to ride. He says, "Yeah, go on. What have you got that he says? Because I wrote this down, and I know full well I've got it wrong. She's got some Mustang in her." And she's looking to booger. <laughs> I've just got bugger, you know, like 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 commit buggery. <laughs> but why on earth would would a horse be wanting to bugger? Unless, of course, buggery is horse mating. I don't know whether that came from that, but I I believe buggery is uh, anal sex. We see a woman approaching on her horse. Uh, the horse is wearing leg warmers, I think, that this woman's riding. Yeah. Colonel Sanders comes out with an interesting way of saying "foie." See, this is another thing that he says. Yeah, I like this one. I'll just draw attention to his shirt during all this. Okay, crack on. Yeah. He nudges McQuaid and points at her and he says, How'd you like to kill her? Roll her up in a secret blend of 11 herbs and spices, deep fryer, <laughs> serve her up in a bucket with fries and two sides of your choosing. And Norris says, yeah, go on then. <laughs> says, can I upgrade to a large? Now, he actually says, even more ridiculous than that, he actually says, hey, how would you like to bite that in the butt, develop lockjaw and be dragged to death? Hmm. Interesting. What the fuck does that mean? It means how would you like to bite her ass? And never let go. Yeah, and just be stuck there forevermore. McQuaid asks who she is, and it's Clark Richardson's widow, of course. You remember it? Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, I wondered what had happened to her. It's uh, Actually, it's Barbara Carrera. That's who it is, and she's a beautiful woman. The, the actress's name is Barbara Carrera. Of course it is, yes. I just call her the widow for the rest of that. I don't think she, her name's ever said, is it? Um, I don't know. Yes, of course it is. Fuck do I know? I just put the widow anyway. I think I, I just put Barbara Carrera, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it isn't. <laughs> uh, Sanders, he gives us the lowdown, saying her husband married her. Uh, she was poor, he was loaded, and he died in a horse racing crash uh, with people saying he, <laughs> he ran with a tough crowd and it wasn't an accident. What's a horse racing crash? don't know i guess it's like loads of horses driving cars <laughs> into each other well yeah. you do you do see vehicles with horses written on it so maybe it's them oh yeah maybe that's he's who's driving it and he also says shame all that fruit just rotting on the vine yeah which i i think he says it doesn't look that rotten to me yeah chuck replies yeah so there you go you see chuck you're joining in and we cut through that anyway with the car backfiring and the horse's daughter is on, uh, bolts away from them. But thankfully, Barbara Carrera does 
end up saving her. She she rides like after her and stops the horse. Expertly. Expertly. Chuck thanks her by letting her shake his hand and uh, introduces himself. And she already knows him. She knows the infamous Texas Ranger. <laughs> Doesn't everyone. Hey, Ken, what does infamous mean? Uh, famous for being shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, or for, like, you know, doing things that aren't good. He's so famous, he's infamous. <laughs> All right, sir, I'll fuck your joke up. <laughs> I was doing another Three Amigos bit there. Yeah, well. Anyway, Carradine turns up. <laughs> if you're not going to give me the heads up on these, I don't know, do I? <laughs> I'm going to literally, literally answer your question. <laughs> the Carradine character is actually her late husband's uh, partner. And Carradine says to McQuaid, uh, which knowing Carradine's past, I wonder if this was ad-libbed. <laughs> he says, now you're my partner. I hear you're very good with your hands and feet. <laughs> the widow says, Ron here. What's his name, Ron? No, Rowley. Rowley, that's it. Yeah, I had to look it up at the end because I was thinking, what on earth are they calling him? Yeah, he says uh, he was all European karate champion. She says goodbye to everyone before telling McQuaid that uh, it was especially nice to meet him. And um, Carradine gives him a little side eye there. He's not happy with that. Yeah, he says, uh, I'll be giving a martial arts demonstration at the racetrack. Yeah, why the fuck? Why the why the bloody hell would you be doing that? <laughs> Makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> yeah, everyone's there watching horse racing. Like, oh, hang on a minute, here's some martial arts. <laughs> I say there's nothing cowboys love more than a fucking martial arts exhibition. <laughs> she asks him to stop by and watch, and uh, McQuaid looks to decline, but Sanders interrupts, saying, that'll be finger-licking good, ma'am. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Uh, we get a good old-fashioned hoedown next, and uh, we got Sanders. He's back. He's dancing around with the ladies as the band plays. And uh, Chuck asks for a Pearl beer, which is a brand of beer in America. It's the only beer that uh, he drinks. You can you can tell that, and uh, fair play to him. He sticks to his literal guns. Yeah, he's offered all different types of beer by the barman, and uh, Chuck tells him to go fuck himself. Yeah, he says, go piss up a rope. The widow enters the scene at this point and she tells the barman to look at the bottom shelf, which is either saying, look at her arse, or literally look at the bottom shelf behind the bar. I mean, why wouldn't the barman know where the to beer be, to was? To be quite honest, that's not even a real bar, is it? It's about as big as a like a normal table. Yeah. So how the hell's he not spotted that? Sure enough, he reaches down, pulls out a pearl beer for Chuck, and uh, yeah, I just didn't understand that. Look at the bottom shelf. Why wasn't he already? I don't know. I, th I think maybe what they're saying is the pearl beer is only for special guests. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't know who he was, so he was going to say, "We haven't got any, sir." And then she came in and said, "Hey, he's he's with me," or so something like that. That's what I'm guessing at, anyway. Yeah. There's no sense, other reason for it. No. no, no, because he he hardly even looked for Pearl Beer. We got Carradine anyway. He's ready for his exhibition. He gets into a sort of boxing wrestling style ring. He's in an all red, like bright uh, gi, and he's a, he's got three opponents. They're in blue. I tell you, who's watching him? Who's that? Robotic Peter through binoculars. <laughs> why is he not even just down there? Why is he not like? Why is he not invited? He's bloody pulling his pud, isn't he? <laughs> He's in a wheelchair. Someone else is pulling it. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
This is Bodyguard, who I liked. I, was, was I love that guy. A bit. Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got notes on him too. <laughs> <laughs> He's an unfortunate guy, that guy. <laughs> it's bad luck for him. <laughs> anyway, the first guy that Carradine faces, he, he kicks him, just you know, knocks him straight out of the ring. Incidentally, by the way, when they do go and start watching this fight, they're arm in arm, even though they've just met that day. Ooh, Carradine and, and, like, and... Oh, <laughs> Carradine and, and Chuck. Ro- robotic Peter. <laughs> No, uh, the the widow Barbara Carrera and yeah. Chuck Norris, JJ yeah. McQuaid. They're now arm in arm. It's like they just met, didn't they? Yeah, it's the same day, isn't it? Because surely it's the same day. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So they've only just met. She's already arm in arm with him, walking him across to see somebody that I assume is her new boyfriend. But I don't know. It's a weird, weird dynamic. Uh, the second guy comes in the ring and uh, he kicks him to the floor. And whilst he's on the floor, he knees him in the head. And the third guy, well, the poor old third guy, he gets a gets mm. a pump kick right over the top rope into the crowd. Yeah, I think most of these kicks, I think the highest one is about uh, low low chest. It's not it's not the highest of kicks, no. considering he's a martial artist. He celebrates in the ring, Carradine, and he gets a. I think it's either a cigar or a Cadbury's chocolate finger popped into his mouth. <laughs> it's a pepper army. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, that's it. The winner's pepper army, I forgot. <laughs> yes, to the to the victor go the pepper armies. <laughs> is that a saying, is it, in Texas? I, got some I listeners think it in is. Texas? I, I think it is, yeah. What would it be over there, though? It'd be jerky. Ugh. Beef jerky. <laughs> the handjob session again. <laughs> Maybe that's what they call the midget. <laughs> what, the beef jerky? <laughs> <laughs> listeners from Texas. What is it that you you know on all these martial arts tournaments that happen at your sort of rodeos? What do you win in those? Is it is it pepper army? Is it jerky? Bad at gmail dot com. Let us know, mm, please. He offers a McQuaid into the ring for a little wager, a little fight, and McQuaid declines. He doesn't fight for money. Quite right too. Although technically his job is paid. I see we are graced with the presence of the media favorite, Ranger JJ McQuaid. Gonna go for one, Ranger? A little wager, perhaps? Yeah! No thanks. I don't fight for money. Uh, K.O., he's there, he's dancing, and uh, a cowboy turns up, takes the girl away, and tells her that she can't be dancing with no greaser, and throws his drink in his face. Um, and we get a, a fight scene here, KO. He throws a punch at this guy, does absolutely nothing, and all of a sudden, three on one, he's getting beaten up on the dance floor. Yeah, it's um, it's all set up by Wilkes because Wilkes has a has a little uh, whisper to the the big fella who's gone over and uh, started all this. As soon as Chuck Norris says no, thank you, he uh, he tries to cook up some trouble. It works. Speaking of cooking up trouble, Colonel Sanders he turns up. <laughs> Yeah, he says, "Looks like the chickens on the other foot," and um... <laughs> <laughs> throws some spices at him. <laughs> yeah, out of his pocket, like surprise spice, <laughs> yeah, which is one of the original Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah, you never saw her until it was too late. Yeah, she looked terrified. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Chuck Norris enters with a flying kick. He knocks a man yeah. through a table. Was that man even in the fight, or was he just standing there? No, I, I just think he was the barman who couldn't find the pearl beer. <laughs> he just gets kicked straight through a table. <laughs> 
He is. He just enters enters the fight midair, doesn't he? He does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> McQuaid. <laughs> he makes a short work of the cowboy and his friends on the dance floor, and by that I mean he beats them up, not a dance off. Although that would have also been good. He definitely win that as well. And he would have won it, yeah, he just still won. Uh, David Carradine says they were just having some fun and uh, Chuck offers him to a fight. It's his turn now. Yeah, not for money, obviously. It's about to go down when the widow interrupts and she tells Chuck to go to the bar and she tells Carradine to go piss up a rope. <laughs> uh, the midget in the wheelchair, he's looking through the binoculars, he's giving us an evil laugh, presumably having just masturbated through the whole thing. Yeah, well, some of us did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chuck tells Ko that he can uh, he can take a punch at least, and Colonel Sanders says he's he's taking old Hamburger Face home to patch him up. Which I think Hamburger Face was one of his arch rivals, wasn't he? The KFC. I'm surprised he went with Hamburger Face. Yeah. Chicken Nugget Face, maybe. <laughs> I don't think anybody calls anyone a Chicken Nugget Face. I'm going to bring it in. I'm going to start calling people it. <laughs> they have to have like a tiny face. <laughs> yeah, breaded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you'll get to use that insult very often. Uh, we got Chuck's daughter. She's fooling around with Bobby Drew in his car, and he hears a, a truck approaching. He goes out check it out, and there's basically there's a it's like a convoy of um like look like army trucks and stuff, doesn't it? I believe so. Yeah, yes, it is an army army convoy. And there's, it's a police blockade, I believe, that stop them. The army guys get out of the the trucks and end up just shooting the police, just gunning them down. And um, this is all watched by Bobby, who goes to check out the noise. Uh, he runs back to the car and they attempt to leave when the headli- headlights of a truck like turn on in front of them. And uh, Bobby does tell the daughter to, to hide in the car. He goes out to confront them. Uh, he takes a tire iron, which is luckily, luckily he takes a tire iron because his attacker has an Uzi. Yeah. And immediately shoots him dead. Yes, it's a quite a ridiculous thing. But uh, I don't know. I thought everyone had guns down in Texas. But everyone has Uzis, according to this film. Well, he's a bad guy. He's he knows he knows he's going to need one. Bobby doesn't. All of the bad guys in this film have Uzis in various guises, like silenced Uzis, all sorts of shit. And and they also use the the four by four to ram Bobby Drew's car off the hill sideways, and it's got the daughter in it. Meanwhile, Chuck he's kissing the widow at the local horse track. Yeah. My note here as well, when you were talking about how how much they've spent together, I've said. I love how these two have probably said less than 20 words to each other since they met and now they're yeah. kissing. And she's still she's still known as the widow, even though fuck knows how long ago that was. There's no real timeline on that. What was, what was that tagline about his loving? I don't know. I can't remember. Ultimate no. lover or something. No, I, I don't think it was ultimate lover. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Automatic lover. <laughs> One track lover. <laughs> One chuck lover. To be honest, like the next scene, he's driving, isn't he? And that would have been a perfect song to be playing <laughs> as he's driving away. That would have been good, yeah. Instead, he just gets a he just gets a call saying there was an accident. The daughter was involved. Yeah, in the hospital, he gets there, and uh, the daughter's in bed. Their uh, independent mother. She's standing alongside her. The mom's telling her how she didn't have to be there. It was it's her life, and she was going to live it how she wanted. But you know, <laughs> that McQuaid turns up. Stands by her and, and she tells him about Bobby Drew and what happened. And uh, we cut to Lionel Richie. Hello! <laughs> He's scanning the crime scene. McQuaid pulls up in his truck. Uh, Lionel Richie's in the FBI, apparently. They've yeah. taken over the case from the local PD. And when he gets there, he says, Hello! 
he tells McQuaid he's, he's sorry about what happened, but now it's a federal case and it's out of the Texas Rangers jurisdiction. And the rest of the film is Chuck just pacing around at home, waiting for the phone to ring. Just, yeah, just waiting for news. As we watch the FBI do it by the book. No, we don't, we don't even get to see it because it's classified. We just get to see Chuck Norris waiting. Oh, but wait. Mm-hmm. K.O.'s found a bit of paper blowing around. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It saves the FBI bothering. And McQuay takes this very seriously, and he's right to, because it's a logbook page from an army convoy. It's weird that no one else found it. Well, K.O. decided to keep it, so... Good job, kid. McQuaid, he takes it off him, he heads to make a phone call, and he's basically trying to trace the shipment number, and he gets bounced around by different people. He gets told that there's a colonel, not Sanders, a different colonel, an army colonel, not a chicken colonel. A rival colonel. <laughs> yeah. He says you need to speak to him. He's speaking to a woman, and he says, he says he's, is he on lunch or something, or on a holiday? And he says, how come you don't know where he is? And she says something along the lines of, I work for him. I don't go to bed with him or something like that. Yeah. Which is an odd thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> if you're working somewhere. I think maybe maybe she's protesting a bit too much. Maybe they are in bed. But K- K.O. turns up and tells him that he won't get anywhere that way. So he chuck slams the phone down in frustration. He tells him to follow him to his desk, and he ends up hacking the, the mainframe, I believe. Well, I've also written he hacked the mainframe. I think what that's showing us is that uh, he is the antiquated dinosaur, whatever it was that he got called. Yeah. You know, where he just tries to bluster his way in and all that, whereas this, this guy, rookie, wet behind the ears, no respect, but trying his hardest, and he might just get there. Might just. Yeah. And he does. Yeah, with, within about 30 seconds, he's, he's hacked into the Army's fucking top-secret website or whatever the fuck he's on. And he finds out that the convoy was moving a shitload of guns. And that's, that is where he, where he gets the, good job, kid. And he kind of he, he just really, really smiles, really happy. He does. He has a massive smile. He's so happy that Chuck said, well done. Yeah, that's nice. Anyway, we have enough of that. And, yeah, um, immediately, we immediately cut from that. That's rubbish. Who cares? They're on a stakeout, and during which McQuay drinks from the biggest water canteen I've ever seen in my life. It's no pearl beer, I know that. Maybe that's exactly what was in it. In that case, fantastic. Well done. Well done, lone wolf. They're stalking a guy they hope can give them answers on the shipment. He's like a little white geeky version of Huggy Bears, like anything illegal going on in the town, this guy knows about it. This guy's called Snow. He's uh, he's played by William Sanderson, who you probably will recognise from a lot of films in the 80s and 90s. I actually did recognise him because in my review of Hologram Man, I wrote, this guy's always a baddie. I've seen him in loads, but I can't remember any of them. When I watched this, I thought, that's the bastard right there. Ah, okay. So there you go. The Coke bottle frame glasses on. Oh, yeah, paedophile glasses, as I uh, yeah. I thought when I saw them. <laughs> he doesn't believe in the element of surprise anyway, does he, Chuck? And he ends up just driving through the gates of, uh, in his car. Get a bit of a fight scene because uh, Snow's sort of escaping into the factory. Uh, they're in like a, I think it's like a textile factory they're in. K.O., he comes in handy, speaks Spanish to the staff, find out where he's gone. We get off, is it our first gunfight? It wasn't really a gunfight at the beginning, was there? Because they all just fucking ran away. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Happy with that? No, not really, but go on then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that was a gunfight at the beginning. I don't know what you're talking about. Of course it was a gunfight. They've all got guns. Yeah, but none of them used them. Uh, <laughs> Only one guy fired. But it was just a it's a gunfight. You don't have to say first. Okay, well we get a gunfight. 
and first, um, first one. He tries escaping in a truck, but McQuay manages to hold on to the back. Snow decides to ram ram him into a it's like a gas tanker that's like on the side there. Of course it is. There's always a gas tanker just parked up in the middle of the road, isn't there? Yeah, Chuck leaps off and uh the snow drives straight into it, the truck sets on fire. And uh, Chuck ends up saving him. Uh, Kaya runs off to call the fire brigade and, and Chuck takes Snow um, away to question him at Colonel Sanders' chicken farm. <laughs> he actually says, I'll call the fire department. He says, later, I need to talk to him before the feds get hold of him. He's like, oh, OK, well, we'll just let it burn then, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle of the bloody streets. It's <laughs> alive. It's alive. It's alive. Heading to Colonel Sanders' chicken farm. we got another Uzi now. And Sanders uses it to shoot around him. They're trying to get basically more information about this shipment. And Snow gives the name Emilio Falcone. Or Falcone. Mexican mafia man. They're planning on sending the the guns back to Mexico to sell to terrorists. American-made guns being sold to their enemies. God damn it. It's like unheard of. McQuaid thanks Sanders for his help, and then he says he's he's heading off and he's going to talk to Falcone. And there's a, a little brief glimpse of a, a budding friendship, maybe a respect, as he says to Ko to uh, hold down the fort, partner. Yeah, I like that as well. He um he he does actually say though, um Snow at this point that um if he tells them any more, they'll they'll kill his son, which is never mentioned again. No, I, I did wonder towards the end. I was thinking, I wonder what happened to Snow's son. I wonder how he is. I wonder how he got on. Uh, McQuaid, he goes back to his house and he sees that it's been cleaned. Oh, this this whole scene pissed me off massively. I, I, I made a note of I can't wait to hear what Ken has to say about this scene. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> the widow's there and she's hoovering. Yeah, and she... Oh. They've, only, they've only kissed once. At a party, and he's come back, and she's let herself into his house, and she's <laughs> thrown all of his shit outside, all of his stuffs outside, which makes him think, "What the hell's going on?" Goes in, she's singing like a fucking mental patient, like Snow White. Honestly, but yeah, but she's singing so badly. There's no way that's coming from Barbara Carrera. I don't know why she agreed to let them just dub over some lunatic. And yeah, so she's there vacuuming. He walks in. I like the fact that he keeps calling her lady because he can't remember her name either. And <laughs> and, and she yeah, she's just tidying up everything. He says, What's this? And she says they're vitamins, which he throws on the floor, which I liked. <laughs> <laughs> and he opens the fridge and he says, Where's my beer? Now guess where they are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's just put them on a different shelf. Maybe she's just moved them so she can, you know, like put them away somewhere so they're even colder than they were. No. They're in the garbage. Yeah, she's thrown them in the fucking bin. She's just thrown them out. Because I, I originally thought, I, I thought you'd come home and you think, oh, that was a nice surprise. Barbara Carrera waiting for you at home. That's That, that, would, be a, that would be a treat. But then she's kind of done all this. She's thrown your beer in the bin. And do you know how many beers he gets out of the bin? Is it four? Six. <laughs> She's thrown six cans of beer into the bin. All full. <laughs> All full cans of beer. At no point did Chuck say that he wanted her there. He didn't say, why don't you come and live with me? Why don't you clean my house? 
I've I've put they only had one date. She's throwing her his beer away. She's saying you're killing yourself, and he says, and I like this. He says, if I want to kill myself, it's my business, lady. <laughs> and he opens a can. He gets a can out of the beer, and he just opens it. And I thought, oh man, honestly, she can tidy up. Fair enough, she can tidy up. But what the hell is she doing in the fridge? You don't start by tidying up in the fridge. You don't throw up this guy's all of his fucking shit into the front garden either. Into to be his honest. yard, yes. It's just oh. Jesus Christ! I, I lost, I lost all interest in Barbara Carrera after this. And to top it all off, it's it's her that storms out because uh, yeah. McQuaid was pissed at her. She's the one who's fucking crying. Yeah, she's crying because he's not happy that she's gone in and thrown all of his shit out. <laughs> and then she says, "You know, you could use some improvement. You really could." And he says, "Sorry." And yeah, I was waiting to hear you talk about this. What? Bit. He apologises to her for her breaking into his house and binning all of his things. Yeah, it's him that has to apologise. Where the fuck does she live? Where's her house? (laughs) She's a rich widow, so where does she live? And why does she think that it's better off if she goes to his house and throw all of his stuff out? Why don't she just stay at her house? Where she's got everything (laughs) she wants, it probably looks exactly how she wants it. (laughs) Fucking hell. Jesus Christ, it wound me up. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) cut to to her chasing him around the garden with a hose and uh, as he throws all of his own stuff away, see, he's he's, he's surrendered and he's just like, fine, I'll just fucking throw all my shit away. But he also just throws it into his own yard. Who's clearing that up? Who's picking that up? Him, probably. Probably be him again later on when he thinks, actually, I don't need that. (laughs) And they end up a bit of slow motion, kissy kissy in the mud. All to opera as well. There's some opera bloody music now. Some yeah. s- some s- soprano music going on. She's singing away. I thought it was her again. We head back to the race course and uh, Chuck uh, kicks the shit out of the guy just doing his job here. Yeah, it's a bodyguard, isn't it? Yeah, it's the bodyguard from earlier. Uh, Chuck wants entry into a private office and he says, sorry, you can't go in there. So Chuck just beats him up, just kicks him to the ground. Yeah, he walks straight in. It turns out, Ken, that Emilio Falcone is the wanking midget from earlier. <laughs> never trust, that? never trust a wanking midget. Yeah, I, it's a well-known phrase. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this doesn't change my mind. And Chuck, he has his gun pointing at him, and Falcone, he's got his back to him, playing on a, a pinball machine or something. Mm. And he whizzes round in his chair, and he's got a gun pointing at him as well. And he says. As you can see, mine's bigger. And Chuck says, yes, well, mine's loaded. McQuaid asks about the guns, and Falcone denies that it was him, but he does say that it was a a close friend of his. And he says that he won't tell McQuaid his name, and instead will have to find it out for himself, whilst he enjoys watching from a distance, which, after what we've talked about, sounds disgusting (laughs) to me. Have you written the next quote down? Yeah. Yeah, go on. (laughs) McQuaid says, it may be a game to you, Falcone, but if I find out you're playing, I'm going to have your little ass. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that line. Which probably sounded better written down than... When Chuck Norris said it out loud. (laughs) Dwarf in a wheelchair. (laughs) Uh, In the best exit of the whole film as well, Falcone leaves via a hidden revolving wall. Everything he does is James Bond villain, even though he's not in a Bond film. 
Oh, what he does next is more Wizard of Oz because he speaks to him from behind the, the wall. Yeah. He's telling him that he's been told that snow won't live through the night and then a, a evil laugh. It's a good laugh. So, the lone wolf pays us a visit. As you can see, mine's bigger. Mine's loaded. <laughs> Tell me, Ranger, do you like games? I'm not here to discuss games, Falcon. Damn! Two nights ago, several men were killed in an army convoy heist. Yes, of course, I'm aware of these things. However, this certain party who is stealing these guns was once a close friend of mine. He might take it personally if I were to divulge details. He's a businessman, just like I am, and he... But why am I telling you all this? You will find these things out for yourself in good time. Meanwhile, I will enjoy watching the game. It may be a game to you, Falcon. But if I find out you're playing, I'm gonna have your little ass. <laughs> well, Ranger, it's been a pleasure having a chat with you, but I'm afraid I must go. Owen Ranger, the man you caught? Snow, I understand he won't live through the night. Adios now. <laughs> and Chucky, he hightails it back to the Colonel's farm. He can't get through to him on the radio. And uh, the Colonel, he's playing cards with K.O. K.O. decides he's going to go for a beer, and the Colonel, he starts cheating. Starts looking at his cards. Yeah, yeah, because he was winning, wasn't he? But it turns out he's just bloody cheating. And uh, Snow sees behind him that there's some thugs turning up at the house. They start shooting. The colonel takes one to the chest. He goes down. It's the same. It's the same ones, isn't it? It's the same thugs. Yeah, it's who killed uh, Bobby. Yeah, he's got a like a brown leather waistcoat on, hasn't he? The guy. Yeah, that's, that's how I knew. Yeah, big sunglasses. And then, as the colonel's on the floor, this is a weird thing. As the colonel's on the floor, someone appears. He's got light grey trousers on and white shoes. I thought it was bloody Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking for his bike. <laughs> but we pan up and it's it's uh, Carradine, it's Wilkes and he's standing over him and he ends up just stamping down on his throat with his shiny shoes mm-hmm. and, and kills him that's a shame and his goons, they open fire on Snow killing him and killing the son's chance of seeing his dad again yeah, whatever happened to his son <sighs> Snow Junior Snowy to his friends Little Snowy Jay <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know uh, yeah, McQuaid turns back up after it, after they've all gone. Uh, he finds the Colonel and Snow dead at the card table. But K.O. Is, is totally unharmed. He's sitting on the sofa. He's a bit upset, in, in fairness. You know, he's upset. I'm not really sure how he survives. He, only, he was only in the kitchen. Yeah, which was visible. Exactly. It's, it's like it, an o- open plan, isn't it? It's not like it's got doors or anything. He's just there in the kitchen by the fridge. Yeah. And uh, anyway, you know, obviously Chuck's not happy. He heads back to the captain's office. And there's an army general, a special agent, and Lionel Richie waiting for him. Hello! <laughs> they hand over a federal, a federal indictment to him for withholding evidence, harboring a key witness in a federal investigation, responsible for the death of an American cultural hero in Colonel Sanders, mm-hmm. and basically being a lone wolf in every sense of the word. <laughs> Depriving many, many people of delicious flavoured chicken. Blended with the perfect amount of herbs and spices. <laughs> it was quite a long indictment, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you teared up at the, the kernel part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that really did uh, upset me. Didn't even mention chicken nugget face. I know. <laughs> from earlier on, yeah. Didn't even get a mention. 
the captain says, I won't stand by him. Not this time. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> <laughs> He's put on a, a mandatory vacation and probation without pay until the case is resolved. <laughs> and Chuck goes, do you want my star, Captain? And he says that won't be necessary, at least not yet. Not yet. He seems very sad when he the thought of having to hand his star over. Yeah, he probably would have, actually, on suspension. I can't remember the name of the special agent that's with Lionel Richie, but he, he gives him a, uh, it's, a bit of a... I, I can. It's Burnside. He gives him a little bit of a glance. He's not happy with him, is he? They don't like each other. But they don't, do they? Interagency uh, jealousy and all that stuff. It turns out he's right because Burnside's a total dick. We cut to Chuck. He's moping around at home with a beer. Yes, he's got a beer. Quite right, too. He goes home and he has a beer. What the hell happened to the widow here? She's just like splayed across the bed. I wrote she's that. Fucking... I wrote, what the bloody hell is she still in his house? Why Why is she not at her house? Why is she asleep? Because she's been doing fuck all. That's clear, because it's like the middle of the morning or something. So why is, she, why is she not in bed? If she was still asleep, she'd be in bed. So she's got up, she's got dressed, and then she's fallen asleep, just sprawled over his bed. She is like the, the opposite way you'd think she'd be lying. Yeah, it's, she's it's like it's across like, the bed. It's like she's some sort of drug addict. <laughs> Yeah, but so why, is she, why is she at his house again? Where's her house? Why do we never see where she lives? Because she can't just not live anywhere. Well, she she wakes up and uh, she asks ah, him what's wrong. And... Bloody throwing his beer away. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, she says, what's wrong? And he says, nothing worth talking about. And she says, well, we'll have to change that about you as well, won't we? Yeah, I'm not happy about that either. Why can't we ever communicate? We've known each other for nearly two days. <laughs> <laughs> she obviously finds his unwillingness to open up sexy. Ends up climbing on top of him, gives him a little kiss, and we fade to black. We rejoin them several hours or days later, depending on how well it went. Well, you know what Chuck's like. He's quite a lover. I think that was one of the taglines. <laughs> There's a car that's getting like pushed down his driveway. Incidentally, before they do kiss, she does take his beer off him again. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. You know, he's laid down, he's got a beer. She takes it off him and then starts like distracting him with sexy sex. She pisses me <laughs> off. Fucking hell, he's just had the worst morning of his life. You know, his best friend's dead. <laughs> she won't even let him have a fucking beer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The car gets rolled to the house, and it's a leather waistcoat from earlier who killed Bobby Drew and uh, the colonel. He's got it looks like Donald Pleasance with him. Looks a bit like Pleasance, the other henchman. He's got an Uzi with a silencer on it, mm. and he shoots the wolf. Yeah. He shoots the wolf outside. That's I can't the, believe it. That's the only wolf as well. The lone wolf. Chuck's in bed, but he notices shadows on his, you know, in the window. Yeah, <laughs> playing uh, music, playing guitar. <laughs> Cliff Richard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, rolls out the way just in time, takes the widow with him as well. They roll off the bed and they open fire. I'd have been happier if he'd have took his beer with him and left the widow there. He <laughs> runs back and saves his beer, not her. <laughs> just, just picks his beer up off the bedside cabinet. They say to each other, oh, uh, I think we've set, you reckon we've sent him a message now or something? Yeah, because Wilkes is there. He's, he's just constantly there. He's like the bloody hard ticket to Hawaii mafia boss who just can't <laughs> stop turning up at crime scenes. Well, at least with the hard ticket guy, there was only three of them in the mafia. This guy's got a load of people. Why the hell's he there? Yeah, and they know that he's not dead 
and they still have time to have a quick chat before they drive off at high speed. Yeah, Chuck comes out the house. He's in his jeans, no shirt. He's just firing at them. Yeah, he sees the he sees his dead wolf. He punches the ground in anguish while um, the widow makes a mental note to change that about him as well. And uh... <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Anyway, the next day we see Ch- uh, Chuck's taking his daughter from the hospital back to her mom's house. He's probably out living life to the fullest. And she says that she doesn't want to leave him. And he tells her that he's going to miss her. They say that they love you to each other. And she goes into the house. Lovely moment with his daughter. I've got, I've got no comments about that. I'm not interested. Chuck's uh, he's back home and he's just smashing shit around. Probably because his new missus has reorganised the kitchen. He can't find anything. <laughs> She's moved all of his encyclopedias out of in like alphabetical order. She's moved his cookbooks. Oh, it's just like you know, it's, it's, all of his bookshelves are all a mess. And to make matters worse, Lionel Richie turns up. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> And takes him on a plane ride. (laughs) Of course he does. He says that I also don't play by the rules as well. (laughs) It's like, shut the hell up, Lionel. I'm also a crazy maverick. And they're basically looking for the drop-off point through the desert. Uh, They almost give up when McQuaid, he spots something. And it's uh, like an airfield, isn't it? With a couple of hangars. He, He does throw in the token reference. Does he? He does, yeah. Well, I'm not telling you. I just I think I've given you enough there without you having to make me say it. You're only going to put it on the end of the uh, the podcast <laughs> out of context, aren't you? So no. What does he actually say? He says I'm not just the token. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know entrapment. Uh, I know entrapment when I hear it, <laughs> officer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he says uh, this airfield isn't showing up on any of the maps and uh, they're going to head back there later on. McQuaid and Ko they head back in his truck. You've got Lionel Richie and the other special agent, Burnside. They're, they're in one, uh, like a truck behind them. And Burnside, he isn't happy about driving to the sort of arse end of nowhere and cusses him out to Lionel Richie. Uh, he says to Lionel Richie, who yeah. the hell does that son of a bitch think he is? And Lionel Richie says, Hello! He says, that son of a bitch knows this country better than you know the warts on your wife's backside. Burnside doesn't come back with anything off that. He says... He doesn't argue well, why about don't it. we all... Oh, yeah, yeah, this is what he does say, actually. He says, well, why don't we all line up and kiss his ass? Yeah, like a big handjob session. Although, admittedly, he wasn't aware of the massive airfield out there, so perhaps he doesn't know the country better than anyone. No, but then again, who knows his wife's ass better than Burnside? Not me. But That's for sure. He's got warts on it. You might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you think she got him there? <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Yeah, cut to the airfield. It's Burnside, McQuaid and Richie, which sound like a <laughs> lawyers. Some sort of, yeah, lawyers up out there. They're taking it in turns with the binoculars to have a look at the airfield. Uh, I don't think they're wanking, but if any of them are, my money's on Lionel Richie. Uh, you got Lionel Richie over in the corner saying absolutely yes. You reckon? Burnside all day long. Really? Yeah. Thinking about his wife's warty ass. <laughs> That's what Burnside's into. The wartier the better. That's what he's got tattooed on his, uh, his chest. Uh, they return at night, don't they? They decide we're not going to attack them during the it, day. It is odd because like, they've driven all that way. And then they go, well, let's just come back later. 
and they don't go away, and it's just suddenly later. It's, <laughs> we don't see them leave. We just see it it then be night, and they're still there. Yeah, there's a plane that's turned up. It's being loaded with weapons, uh, and uh, Burnside just jumps out and just announces their presence. It's like, well, why even turn up at night then? Why wait until they're night? They're just like, let's check it out before we make a move. And he just walks out and shouts, freeze! Which is, which again, it's like the second worst surprise bust ever. Because they, they don't freeze. They don't throw their weapons down. They shoot everybody they can see, including Burnside. <laughs> There's a helicopter that turns up. We get uh, Chuck Norris. He's, he's shown off some of his special kicks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before being outnumbered. He does actually get uh, take a bullet as well. After Burnside just walks out, they all do take bullets. Burn, <laughs> Burnside just gets shot to pieces. He's like absolute bloody useless. Yeah. But yeah, everyone takes a couple of bullets, including J.J. Uh, McQuaid. For some reason, the widow's there. Yeah. It's like th- this. It was this point, right, that I assumed that relationship was over. Yeah, the re- the relationship was over. She's actually overstepped the mark. She's turned up, and she threw away his fucking beer, and she should have been killed there and then. <laughs> Sadly, that was not the case, and none of that happened. Yeah, I assumed that Carradine had uh, had sent her to Chuck's house to spy on him or something. Because why else would she be in the helicopter with him? Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's not even explained that bit. No, not really. The the henchmen hold. Uh, Chuck up and Carradine starts laying into him for punches and stuff. The widow pleads with Carradine to stop. Too little, too late, sister. Yeah. Is what he doesn't say. <laughs> Carradine, he tells tells his guys to take her away, picks Chuck up, throws him into his own truck, and, and he stares at Carradine. This is one bit that made me laugh, because he, he stares at Carradine. Then he passes out. Carradine rips the, the badge off his chest. Yeah. And then he wakes back up again. Chuck does with the same like music. It's like it's almost they use the same shot of him just looking up at him. He sees Carradine, he's looking at the badge and he says, something to remember you by. And then Chuck passes out again. What a son of a bitch. Uh, KO, he survived the gunfight and watches from the bushes as uh, McQuaid's truck's it's like pushed into a hole. Yeah, it's a bulldozer. Yeah, bulldozer just pushes the, his, him into a hole. Covers it with dirt, like yeah. buries the buries the truck. Uh, Carradine escapes and the plane takes off and it all looks lost for old uh, for old Chuck. You got KO, he's proved to be absolutely useless at almost every point. Yeah. He's still alive though. I mean he just he just walks about the place, doesn't he? He just gets up and wanders about. You can't rely on him to save him. Colonel Sanders is deader than the chicken he fucking sells. And the widow's in the clutches of Carradine, so what could possibly save him now? I'll tell you what. <laughs> Oh, go on. <laughs> I'll tell you what happens when he suddenly regains consciousness in the dark because he's underground. He wakes up. He reaches out. He lifts his like armrest compartment, and he grabs a pearl beer. He opens <laughs> the beer. He pours it all over his face, his head. He drinks it. He's re-energized. He's revitalized. He's Fucking back to life. Beer. <laughs> it's fucking beer, you widow bitch. Don't you see? Beer. <laughs> it's, it's giving him focus. It's giving him a reason to live. It saves his fucking life. God bless beer. Fucking Ken saluting. <laughs> throwing it all away. Binning it. Oh, <laughs> oh man. 
and uh, he, enter, he hits the accelerator so hard that the the car seems to vertically escape from <laughs> the hole it was put in somehow. It's like it's like the front cover of Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell album, <laughs> but but a supercharged Dodge utility vehicle. <laughs> yes, and he he explodes out the ground. Koe turns up. He starts shooting the construction workers. <laughs> Not really sure why. <laughs> When he when he bursts out the ground, Ko actually shouts "Ranger!" <laughs> Follows it up with the classic "You son of a bitch!" This film was almost just a the perfect ad campaign for Pearl Beer and Dodge Chargers or whatever the fuck the, the truck yeah. is. I I actually I actually wrote "Ranger, you son of a bitch," and then I put in capital letters "Yes," because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt watching it. Yeah, Ko he shoots up the 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 workers that are there. He does actually say "freeze assholes," and again they refuse to freeze. Free assholes? <laughs> what do you mean? It's a spe- special offer. <laughs> He's offering himself up for buggery. <laughs> He's literally giving them away. Yeah, it's the that's because they've got part Mustang in him. <laughs> He's up for buggery. He actually he he gets he gets. Uh, JJ out of his truck. Obviously, he's let him finish his beer because he's not a fucking dick. Yeah. And he says, don't you die on me now, damn it. And then says, damn it, don't you die on me now. You know, in case he doesn't understand the first structure of that sentence. So he just reverses the whole thing. And uh, do you know what he says? He says... Don't die on me now, damn it. Damn it, don't die on me now. Get me a beer, kid. Fucking yes. <laughs> I fucking love this bit. <laughs> this is my favourite bit of any film ever. <laughs> and just when you thought this scene couldn't get any better. Hello. Lionel Richie turns up. <laughs> He's got a bullet <laughs> <Just> wound. <laughs> In the stomach, yeah, which is why it's why his voice sounds a bit different. Yeah, and uh, they all. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what. It was at this point I actually wrote down his name. His name is Jackson. Who? Lionel Richie. Yeah, there right. you go. I actually wrote his name down at this point. Uh, they all sit down and they drink a beer together. And Lionel Richie's squirts. They, they all have a beer. Yeah. Exactly. They all three of them have a beer. Lionel Richie squirts out of him like in the mask when he drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I would have actually been happy if that was the end of the film. Yeah. They just all sit and have a beer. And it's kind of like the end of Jaws, because uh, I think uh, Lionel Richie says, whose idea was this anyway? Lionel Richie wasn't in Jaws. <laughs> Chuck Norris was. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made the yeah, shark explode at the yeah. end. A round-the-house kick <laughs> from underwater. <laughs> No, but I thought that was that was a, that would have been a great ending. I'd have I'd have took that because then like they're all there. It's a silhouetted thing, and it's like the the scene fades to black. And I thought I'd have that as the end. I'd be happy with that. She's gone. Not bothered about her. The bad guys escape, but no one's dead. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Uh, the next day, all bandaged up, uh, Chuck screams and shoots at some wooden targets. He delivers a jumping sidekick to his shed, destroying it in the process. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the fact that uh, shooting really hurts him 
so much so that he does do a fantastic roar. Yeah. Um, but but um, he can still kick his own house down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes for a lie down afterwards and uh, he's on his bed and he looks at a, a framed picture of his daughter and ex-wife. And uh, on a side note, did you see the other picture on his bedside table? Was it... Uh... Captain Crease from Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next best thing. It's a picture. Bearing in mind, this is on his bedside table. It's a picture of himself pointing at a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck. How close was he to the horse? Next to it, right next to it. His face was n- is next to the horse's face. <laughs> oh, that's nice. It might have been, it might have been his, his, my, my lovely horse. Yeah. That could have been the caption. Didn't we have that play on one of the, on the episodes? I think so, yeah. I can't remember what it was there. He does also uh, look at his empty wolf bowl yeah. uh, that he used to feed the wolf from. And uh, he does also get his silver star out, which is not a euphemism for his anus. <laughs> well, thank God. That would, that would have been a total shift in, in focus on the film. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, see him no. bent over the mirror. <laughs> Just having a look at it. What are you doing, McQuaid? <laughs> his anus also has a beard and a beer. <laughs> yeah, anal beard. That was our band name, wasn't it, at one point? Yeah, yeah, we had to we had to quit that. We got sued. By Chuck Norris's anus. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a very good lawyer. <laughs> he goes to see his daughter anyway, and he's he's greeted by his ex wife crying that his daughter has gone missing. Oh fuck. Knowing this was about to happen and that he would turn up exactly at that moment, Falcone turns up. <laughs> Robotic Peter himself. He turns up. He offers to help after Wilkes upset him greatly. Turns out he was his business partner that he was talking about. Yeah, which we already knew, of course. Yeah, he tells him that uh, Wilkes has his daughter, and it's his way of saying he would enjoy your company. And then I, my next note is I, I I laughed out loud because the guy who got knocked out earlier yeah. <laughs> gets knocked out for a second time. Yeah, I wrote that. I wrote yeah. He just punches the bodyguard. It's the same bloke that he already beat at once. <laughs> <laughs> he basically advances on robotic Peter quite quickly, so the guy puts his hand out to stop him, and Chuck just fucking he beats him up so much that he's just lying face down in the dirt. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I really did feel sorry for that bloke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Falcone offers to help him in return for a favor. He wants the assets returned to him, so basically those guns, Falcone wants them back, and oh. uh, he agrees. Puts on his cowboy hat to some dramatic music. Yeah, he tools up, doesn't he? He, yeah. t- he tools up. It's not quite as good as Commando, but he, he's he's tooling up nonetheless to music. He's heading down to Mexico to get his daughter. He tells KO who's turned up that he's, he's going to do it lone wolf style on the count of him being absolutely useless. He, d- he didn't like that, actually. He shouted, uh, he shouted, you're in no shape to do this alone. And he's right, actually. But yeah. then again, KO is, is also like limping like shit. So he's also in no use, like no fit state to help. Uh, we cut to Mexico. He stops for gas. Um, he gives Kenby Wild, who cameos in this, as a one-eyed Mexican beggar. That's right. I I, I used to uh, I used to play that role in quite a lot of these films, actually. 
if, uh, if if you pay attention to films from the early eighties, I often played a one-eyed Mexican beggar. <laughs> Uncredited, you know. I did it. I did it just for just for free. I enjoyed it. He watches some women put flowers on his car bonnet, and um, apparently it's a show of good luck. They all know what he. So Chuck's turned up in this little village. They all know exactly why he's there. He's not mm-hmm. the stealthiest because. Lionel fucking Richie turns up. He was already there. Yeah, you never guess how he, he introduces himself. <laughs> <laughs> Hello! He heads into the bar, and as I say, Lionel Richie's already there. So if, if Chuck had just driven past, he'd still just be sitting there, would he, waiting for him to no, turn up? I've, I've written that as well. I put Mexico must be tiny because like everyone just knows where he'll be. All he yeah, said, exactly. all, all he said was, "I'm going to Mexico," and suddenly everyone knows where he'll be to stop to pick up like gas, where he'll have to go, where he'll nip in for a quick drink. Lionel Richie already knew, without talking to Falcone, exactly where Carradine's going to be. That's because he knew it was him he was looking for. Uh, of course, that's Lionel Richie. He saw a flyer for a martial arts exhibition <laughs> at the, <laughs> the airfield, at the Mexican airfield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He takes him to, to his car, and out the back he brings out a crossbow. And I thought, that'd be good in a fucking gunfight with how quick it is to load. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> you got one bolt, and then you've got to pull it back, fucking put the yeah. arrow in. He saw what happened to Burnside, and he had an automatic weapon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He brought a fucking crossbow, old fucking Robin Hood over here. Anyway, KO, he pulls up. KO is what even KO could find him. I said he must be following the discarded cans of pearl beer along the road. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Uh, they get to the base and they decide to split up. They, they formed a plan off screen. We don't, we're not told about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's split up. Stick to the plan. Yeah. That's, that's all we get told. The beginning of the plan must have been Chuck saying, I'll hide in a tree <laughs> whilst you shoot a man with a crossbow. <laughs> From next to the tree that I'm in. Which is not splitting up at all. Yeah, fucking next to him. <laughs> and the way that this is sh- this is cut, this scene now, he shoots, and the director's cut it in such a way that it looks like he's shot from about a foot away from the guy he's shooting. <laughs> it looks like he's walked up right behind him to shoot him with a crossbow. Uh, one one guy dies getting shot in the lower back with the bow. I don't know if that would kill you or be instant yeah, there's, death. There's, there's three lookouts and. Two of them are shot with a crossbow without noticing that the other one is also <laughs> dead first. Yeah. yeah. One just falls off a roof. Yeah. <laughs> Classic, if it wasn't like yeah. four million people there. You notice someone falling off the roof. <laughs> no one else notices that these three lookouts are now dead. And I like as well, like, um, I was thinking, oh, maybe it'll take him a while to find the daughter or maybe she'll be held hostage. You know, like in Ultimate Weapon where he's holding onto the daughter and stuff. <laughs> But no, he finds her instantly. Yeah, there she is. There, look. He just walks into a a, a building, and uh, the widow's in there with the daughter. Yeah, giving us some lunch. Yeah, Chuck didn't say a damn thing to the widow about what what she's been doing, and you know the fact that she was with Carradine earlier. They just they they hug and kiss. It's all out. It's you know it's fine. She says, "Jim, I'm so happy you're alive." Jim. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> See, now, you see, we laughed about that, but the emotion is not there at all from Barbara Carrera. <laughs> no. 
She's assuming that he's dead, but not bothered. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah, let's just stop this and go and watch that. <laughs> oh, let me let me explain it to you, Ken, and see if you agree. The plan was uh-huh. to hide in the tree, shoot the crossbow, grab uh-huh. the the girl, and then run out into the open up a fucking. No, and then just just very slowly walk back to where they came from. Yeah, and they don't even inst- run. And they're instantly stopped by a guard. Yeah, they don't even run. They're just walking. Fortunately, the rookie, uh, what was his name? Ko. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, he's got a bazooka. Yeah. And um, and somebody actually says, "Hey, where do you think you're going, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> to which Chuck Norris just kicks him and shoots him dead. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Honestly, he does. He just says, "Where, where do you think you're going, dude?" You know, he, Chuck Norris doesn't understand jive. <laughs> so he, he just he just kicks him round the house and uh, shoots him. Yeah, and all hell breaks loose. I've always wanted something to happen like elsewhere, and somebody else say, "Can be wild." Mm. So they knew it was me causing all that trouble, yeah. even though they can't see it was me. They just know that if anyone's causing that trouble, it would be me. Mm. And exactly what exactly what Wilkes does, he's not even in the scene, but he just goes, "McQuaid." Who, for all he knows, is is actually dead because that's the last thing he knew. He was dead, but he knows he's not dead he, immediately because something's happening. He hears gunfire and he knows McQuaid's involved. It's perfect. It's like Indiana Jones. He does it in Raiders of the Lost Ark where something explodes and somebody goes Jones. You know where they just know. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, it wouldn't have been better if, but then I thought maybe it would have been if he'd have looked out and gone Lionel Richie. Just hears him on the wind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like how um, anyway, yeah. I like how Ko yeah. is in the middle of the road, and no one even attempts to shoot him. And he's got the rocket launcher. He's... Yeah, and he just starts blowing everything up yeah. just randomly. Not even looking where he's firing it. <laughs> yeah. I like the uh, uh, Chuck Norris and David Carradine drive towards each other in like a truck, and he's got he's in a digger, isn't he? Norris. Oh well, well, hang on a second. You've you've just missed out a great line. Uh, first of all, uh, Lionel Richie throws a grenade, even though Chuck Norris and the two ladies he's just rescued were heading that way. So <laughs> now they have to turn around and go back again because <laughs> <laughs> he's just blown the place up. Uh, <laughs> they go back down, and then it's, it's the henchman from earlier who punched uh, Ko at the racetrack. Yeah, and he says. Remember me, Greaser. And this is another line that you think probably was better just written down. But even me writing it down, I felt a little bit fucking weird. He says, yeah, I never forget an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Remember me, Greaser? Wilkes has now got some sort of mounted machine gun on the back of a vehicle. Uh, McQuaid says, "Stay here," even though they just stood in the in the open. I think when he, he appeared next to Carradine, just like "Stay here," <laughs> like someone out of hot shots. <laughs> no, he says it to the two girls who were just stood like in the middle of a market square. Yeah, just, yeah stay here. <laughs> so, well, no, no, we'll get cover surely. Then we hit the. Uh, 
the slowest game of chicken I've ever seen. (laughs) Carradine's in like an armoured truck, isn't he? An armoured vehicle. He is, yeah. And Chuck's in like a digger. He's kind of like a bulldozer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, He's just, he's possibly the one that put him in the hole in the ground. I don't know. I don't don't take the serial numbers. And uh, yeah, he ends up being able to push Carradine's truck back in towards the house. But very, very, very slowly. You get lots of close-ups of both of their faces whilst they're driving slowly at each other. Yeah. And then you get the final battle as McQuaid and Wilkes circle each other at gunpoint. And classic. You get classic. Down goes the weapons. Chuck takes his gun belt off. I've got this description, right? I've got Chuck Norris looks like he's in Vietnam. He's got sleeveless. He's got he's on camo. He's got a, a red headband round his head like Rambo. He's there. He looks ready for action. And then you've got David Carradine, <laughs> who looks looks like he's attending Wednesday luncheon at the yacht club <laughs> <laughs> in some sort of Pringles golfing jumper <laughs> and some light slacks. <laughs> Some slip-on penny loafers. <laughs> he looks absolutely <laughs> bloody ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not sure whether you'd even just refuse to fight him. Unless he I was like, going to say... Just go get changed. My my note is he might as well be wearing a peak cap and a fucking golfing glove. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Chuck, Chuck's like he's in the middle of Vietnam. <laughs> It's the most ridiculous ridiculous fighting outfit I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, I do like how they put their guns down. That's classic, isn't it, action Oh, yeah, I love all that, yeah. Some great organ music as well for this. This is very, very dramatic. It's funny you should say that. I've got a note on that. I said the Phantom of the Opera starts playing his organ. Yes, yeah, it it does, yeah. (laughs) It does sound like Phantom of the Opera music. They get into fighting stance and and, uh, off we go. Now, I saw a, a note on this that in an interview, someone asked Chuck Norris to comment on David Carradine's martial arts skills, and Chuck said, <laughs> David Carradine is every bit as good a martial artist as I am an actor. Yeah, I love that quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, no stunt doubles for that whole fight. You can tell, can't you? Yeah, it's not very good, is it? No. <laughs> I thought that was a great quote from Chuck. Yeah, I've I've always not entirely been sure whether he was bigging up his own acting or whether it was a uh, <laughs> criticism. Definitely self-deprecation. Yeah, from, uh... I, th- I think it was. Yeah, he's right though. He's right because he's not very good, is he, Carradine? No, it does literally look like someone like drunk thinking they can do like martial arts. Yeah, it's like YouTube <laughs> drunken fights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in, to be fair to him, he is in his fucking golfing outfit, so... Yeah, he should be wearing some of those Chuck Norris karate jeans. <laughs> Links available in the show notes. <laughs> I'm still waiting for from those comic books of the 80s. <laughs> um, there's, there's back and forth, you know, Carradine takes the upper hand, Norris takes the upper hand at one point, and Carradine, because he's the, he's the bad guy, Cheats to get the upper hand, throw sand in, in Chuck Norris's eyes. Mm, yeah, there's no need for that. To prove how much of a heel he is, he even fists McQuaid's daughter. <laughs> Doesn't he? Yeah, back fist. <laughs> yeah, swinging, swinging fist. Yeah, well, she gets involved, and I've never liked it when other people get involved, especially when it is female characters, and they all do it thinking, I'll go and help. 
And you think, no, because it's two grown men having a fight. There's no way you're going like, to help. You're just going to get in the way, one way or another. And sure enough, she does. And um, Carradine actually goes for the gun on his left hip. Fortunately, the widow reorganised his trousers and <laughs> the gun's now on his right. Threw his gun away. <laughs> threw his gun away, <laughs> replaced it with some vitamins. <laughs> and uh, Chuck, after he sees his daughter get fisted, he doesn't like that. <laughs> Fisting Chuck Norris's daughter must be the worst mistake Carradine's done since he decided to have a wank in a cupboard. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Have you been waiting for that joke? Yeah, I've written it down. <laughs> that was good. I, I, yeah, I like the payoff. Yeah, good. <laughs> Thank you. I wrote it down and underlined it. That's how happy I was with it. Well, let's hope the viewers enjoy it. As you were sorting out your settings, I read through it and laughed again. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good for you. Everyone out there, if you enjoyed Dom's joke about uh, a man's unfortunate death... Autoerotic asphyxiation. (laughs) That's one of our album names. Yeah. It was popular, but nobody ever reviewed it. (laughs) Carradine liked it. Yeah, Chuck, he doesn't like that and uh, replies with it. He's got a jumping high kick, knocks uh, Carradine to the ground. Yeah, this is where the the Western music kicks back in as well. Yeah, you get the slow-mo as well, don't you? Mm -hmm. And Chuck slowly turns the the fight towards him to his advantage. And uh, I like how um, Leather Waistcoat, he turns up, gives Carradine an Uzi because Chuck's, he's sort of getting his daughter back to safety, isn't he? Yeah, well, she's she's just been fisted, so. (laughs) Yeah, she's a bit... Uneasy on her feet, isn't she? After He's, that? He is concerned, and that's legitimate. The, the widow jumps in front of him as Carradine shoots and uh, ends up shooting her. Mm. Good. Him and Waisco get up and run off. As she's like lying there, McQuaid grabs her and... Uh, uh, yeah, has a beer. <laughs> the widow tells McQuaid that Carradine killed her husband and threatened to kill her unless she, she helped him, became his business partner. Yeah, she says, I didn't betray you. Yeah. He says, whatever, lady says that she loves him and she dies in his arms and uh he, he doesn't say that by the way he, he, he doesn't say whatever he just thinks it i thought it she fucking threw away six beers it's her problem he actually thinks fuck this and he throws a grenade at carradine and waistcoat as they're running into a house and blows the house up uh i believe he's thrown that by lionel richie say again jackson throws in a grenade he hasn't just got a grenade Oh, sorry. Yeah, Lionel Richie hands him. Yeah, tosses the grenade to him. Yeah, he. Um, I thought you meant Lionel Richie threw a grenade at Norris while he's on the floor with the, <laughs> the widow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he forgot. He forgot who was the good guy. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, no. He he throws it to him so he can throw it at someone else instead of just doing it himself. I think it was some sort of like I don't know. Was it the satisfaction of killing him himself? I'd also read that um, Carradine refused to be killed by hand-to-hand combat. Well, we 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 know that Kenny died in a cupboard in Thailand. <laughs> well, some would say that is hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> hand-to-gland combat. <laughs> <laughs> that was his downfall. I was going to say that was his, that was his sticking points. <laughs> I'm not sure we can laugh at a man's death like this. Can we? 
I suppose if it was <laughs> if it if it was not as funny, I suppose we couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna have to edit it out. I don't know. Might keep these two these two jokes in. <laughs> hand to gland combat. We hand to gland. Hand to gland. I really like. Not just well, the joke. There's, there's the <laughs> there's the there's the quote for the end. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Anyway, I'm glad I'm glad Barbara Carreras died in this film. <laughs> yeah. What's he refused to what? <laughs> when? Who refused what? David Carradine refused to die hand to hand. What? Uh, yeah, because he was like a, a karate champion in the film. So I don't think he wanted to be killed in in combat. That's why they had to get a grenade, and he died that way. Well, he lost in combat. Yeah, but that's that, that's fine. No, because they were both still like able. Right. So they worked around it by just blowing him yeah. up. Yeah, instead, yeah. Uh, Falcone, he turns up, he's in a helicopter. He's livid because all of his assets have been blown up. Probably why he's in the wheelchair. And um, he said that they had a deal. And <laughs> you all right? Yeah, this bit just really made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. McQuaid makes fun of his height. Um, yeah, he calls him shorty, doesn't he? Yeah. Hijacks his pilot and the helicopter and, and leaves Falcone there for the Federales to arrest. Why the hell would he even do that in the first place, Falcone? Oh, why would he turn up? Why would he turn up and then immediately gets his helicopter stolen and he's fucked? In the middle of the desert. He's in a wheelchair. Why would he go to the desert? Why does he need to go? Uh, he shouts McQuaid. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. As as he's like leaving him there, he's taking off in the chopper. He he flying away and everything. How many times do you think he sh- he says the the name McQuaid? And this is like in about a thirty second gap. Um, I, I counted it because I thought he's saying that a lot. Okay, and I watched it again. Uh, once, twice, <laughs> three times, <laughs> McQuaidy. <laughs> No, it's more than once. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> Fucking hell, Lionel, shut up. Hello. How many does no. he say? Six. Six times. Brilliant. He shouts McQuaid. He, and it's at the top of his voice as well. McQuaid! And he shouts, McQuaid, uh, that, don't leave me here, McQuaid. That's my chopper, McQuaid. Don't <laughs> believe he shouts. Leave me, McQuaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He does requests, <laughs> and then his his partner's like, "Baby, <laughs> Quaid, <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive!" Hang on a minute. He uh, before he before he leaves uh, Falcone, he does actually reference the fact uh, that he keeps punching the same henchman. He again goes to get in his way to stop him from stealing the helicopter. And he says, do you want to make it three? And the bodyguard steps aside. And I thought, that's a great reference because obviously we both noticed he, it was the same guy twice. <laughs> yeah, but he actually he, he actually did say, do you want to make it three? And the henchman just walks off and just steps aside and lets yeah. him do it. Which is fair enough, and you I, would, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And I actually thought, oh, that, that's actually quite a good... Uh, Quite a good awareness of itself there. Mm. Yeah, we cut we cut to the the city there, and there's pictures being taken. All the reporters are there of um, McQuaid and Lionel Richie. <laughs> you would be, wouldn't you? If Lionel's involved. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the chief's there. He's changed his tune. Or the chief saying oh, how proud Jesus. he is of McQuaid and whatnot. 
Yeah, and also claiming that it was his, you know, it was him that did it all. He's taken all the credit. He's 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 the one who put the guy in charge of the case, and uh, he knew he'd get the results that were needed and all that. And they just walk off. They just walk off, and the chief. They're not involved in another hand job session. Not interested. No. Uh, he sees his ex-wife and uh, his daughter. Um, I don't know if they're. He's off, basically going to help them with the move, isn't he? They're going to be moving away. Well, they literally, they literally say thanks for helping us with the move. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Koe turns up in his police car, says we got a problem at the bank. Didn't even know he worked at the bank. I'll tell you what it is. It's three ten. Ten past three ten at the bank. Well, originally he's like, I'm on vacation. Yeah, but wait, they've got hostages. Yeah, and he's like, hostages. Goddamn son of a bitch. And then he decides to actually not help them with the move. That is weird, though, because he says that. And um, his wife and daughter do still try and convince him just to say, well, fuck them. Exactly, yeah. Fuck, I thought yeah, that was surprising. Fuck the hostages. Yeah, I actually wrote, well, fuck them, though, Jim. You said you'd help us move house. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, imagine if he'd gone, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Okay, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> but no, of course not. He just says, I'll see you later. Yeah, I've got to go. fucks off. Of course he does. He's a goddamn Texas Ranger. And do you know what his ex-wife or whatever wife or current wife, sister, whatever she was? Mm. She says, J.J. McQuaid, you'll never change. She says, you'll always be a lone wolf, McQuaid. (laughs) I wish she had. (laughs) I swear somebody fucking said that when I watched it. Unless it was just me. I was going to say, was it you? (laughs) It might have been me out loud. (laughs) Just enjoying it so much. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! So that's uh, that's Lone Wolf McQuaid, Ken. Uh, Where does this rank for you on Chuck Norris's? This was your um, request to to do this one first of Chuck's. It it was, yeah, because it's just a a standalone one. That's why. It's it's one that hasn't got any sequels, so it's not a... uh, it's not a Delta Force. It's not a uh, <laughs> Braddock. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not one of those. To be to be honest, it, it could well have been uh, Invasion USA, but it turns uh, as it appears that's actually a Christmas film. Maybe next Christmas for uh, Invasion USA. Although that is one of my favourites. That's possibly my favourite Chuck Norris film. Yeah, I think I think Lone Wolf McQuaid was a, a really good choice. It's it's a great film. Looked fantastic in it. He's got all the uh, He's got the silhouette entrance. He's standing up on that cliff top. He's untouchable, unreachable, unstoppable. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been that should have been the bloody tagline. It should have, yeah. Never mind his his, his loving ability. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. And as I say it's been it's been a, a while since I'd seen it. I've forgot just it's just fun isn't it like watch it turn your brain off watch Chuck Norris just beat people up beer saves his life yes yeah so who was right was it him or was it her who actually died she died he didn't she was the one saying throw your beer away he was the one saying shut up lady yeah he survived and went on to save however many people in that 310 at the bank that's what you should be looking at. That's what you should be focusing on. Pearl Beer, American hero. So the bad movie cult saying, if your significant other tells you to throw your beer away, tell them, absolutely not, Chuck Norris said so. If Chuck says it, come on. That's endorsed. That gets the okay 
big thumbs up from Chuck Norris. And also, we probably should have started the, the bloody episode with this. We're not saying that this is a bad movie. We do like this movie, everybody. It's just cheese. It's cheese. Yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful early 80s cheese action. But it's a beauty. It's a beauty of the genre, and it's just superb. Loved it. Speaking of beautiful cheese. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go ahead with the uh, the film pitch this week. I'm going to go with Lone Wolf McQuaid 2. Oh, okay. Going sequel. Okay, yeah. I, I was thinking about something like that, but I, I didn't uh, actually get any further than just thinking about it. <laughs> we've, got, we've got a cast for you. All right, this is exactly where we oh, go wait. from. Wait, do you want me to oh. tell you the, the plot I've got and then the cast? Bloody hell, you've got a plot? Yeah. Why do I do this most weeks then? <laughs> I never have a plot. <laughs> I have a cast and that was me. I just rest back thinking, job done. <laughs> okay, it's Lone Wolf McQuaid must come out of retirement when mm. the brother of an old foe kidnaps his daughter and ex-wife. Oh shit, not them again. He enlists the help of old friends till... His new captain insists his two best agents come along for the ride. <laughs> I particularly like the last bit, which suggests <laughs> all kinds of possibilities. Shenanigans. <laughs> I'm calling them. <laughs> We've got Chuck Norris as JJ Lone Wolf McQuaid. Brilliant. I'm glad he's back. We've got Barbara Carrera as Lola Richardson. Jesus, really? She's coming back? She's coming back. Okay. We've got Leon Isaac Kennedy as FBI agent Lionel Richie. <laughs> Have you looked up the ages of these people? I've got them written down here. <laughs> Hello. Okay. <laughs> Is that what he said when you contacted him? Yeah. About, about the role. <laughs> We've got Robert Beltran as Trooper K.O. Ramos. Wow, this is more information than we actually had when we did the film. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, I didn't even know Barbara Carrera's name during that film. And the new blood of the film. Mm, this got, is where we edit. So obviously David Carradine's character, Rawley Wilkes. Uh, we've got his brother, Roscoe Wilkes. <laughs> He's played like by Keith Carradine. Okay. Is he one of the Carradines? Yes. <laughs> I think he's his brother, but he's a lot younger than him. He's his stepbrother, I think. All oh, right. Oh, not a lot younger. We've got the new captain, which is, of course, Carl Weathers. Excellent stuff. And the two new books that he's making tag along for the ride mm -hmm. is Huey Dandy, Johnny Fine. It's Kenby Wild and Dominic Lawton. Wow. We've really made a name for ourselves in law enforcement, haven't we? <laughs> We're the best damn people that Carl Weathers has got. We're the only people he's got by the sounds of it. <laughs> Was that probably due to the uh, constant threat of rape if uh, <laughs> we fail? <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because... <laughs> uh, before that, though, uh, the ages that you touched upon, I've got them written here. Uh, Robert Beltran, who plays K.O. Ramos, you know, the young mm -hmm. rookie. He's yes, 68 the... years old. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh out of the academy. <laughs> Lionel Richie, he's 73. <laughs> okay. Barbara Carrera's back, she's 76. Right, okay. And then Chuck, our main action star, 81 years old. 
Wow. I don't see a problem with any of this. This has got <laughs> this has got action packed written all over it. How old's how old's Keith? Keith Carradine. Yeah. Or Roscoe, as he'll now be known. He's much younger, he's seventy two. <laughs> all right, okay. The youngest of the Carradines. So yeah, picture this. Mm-hmm. You got a, a rundown shack in the middle of the desert. Oh damn it. You got a, a wolf patrolling. Is this a, a, a real wolf? It, yes. Right, okay. Gonna have to get a real wolf somehow, I'll leave that up to you. Um next thing you see, you see Barbara Carrera's character bollocking Chuck Norris. Oh god, not again. <laughs> How long's this been going on for? <laughs> like Forty years this is. <laughs> What's this for? She wants to know why he won't change. <laughs> 40 years. I bet she asks every bloody day, doesn't she? She does. <laughs> why doesn't he stop drinking Pearl? Drink someone else. Like wine. She's trying to get him into wine now. <laughs> now he's in his 80s. <laughs> She's trying to get him to stop wearing so much denim. Never! Trying to get him to change change his underpants. Is, does he still not wear a shirt? Of course he doesn't. He doesn't wear a <laughs> shirt or trousers at this point. Because <laughs> he forgets to put them on. He's just cowboy boots and hat. Thankfully, Chuck Norris is 80% leather, so uh, <laughs> yeah. that shouldn't be a problem. That's actually the, the subheading for the, the film. <laughs> Chuck Norris is 80% leather. <laughs> No, so the the opening shot is uh, is the the daughter and the mom. I fuck no, I was like, oh the mom is apparently she's still alive though. We got them coming back as well. Didn't they move? Yeah, the daughter's uh, the last film she was ever in was Lone Wolf McQuaid. So uh, that's because she moved away with her mom. Yeah, that's true. They're out getting some uh, some shopping at the local supermarché. Mm-hmm. And uh, hang on, is this night time? Because if they've gone at night, they're going to get attacked by hoodlums. I mean, that's just a given. I said all this in the hard to kill. You don't go shopping at night in America. No, that's true. In case Steven Seagal's there. He's not yeah. there, as it turns out. Looking for champagne. So, yeah, there's a, there's a stick-up in the, in, the, in the supermarket, and then they're hiding. And you think that that's where it's going to all go down, but it isn't. So and nothing happens? There's a robbery, but that's about it. Classic misdirection, though, because as soon as they get home, they're kidnapped. <laughs> as soon as they get home, they're shot dead. <laughs> <laughs> they're kidnapped by some someone in a in a all leather sort of jumpsuit. <laughs> so popular make of jumpsuits. <laughs> it just allows the flexibility of what you need in a jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, all leather jumpsuit, cowboy boots. Did they not hear that creaking as they were moving? Neckerchief. <laughs> and a cowboy hat. Yeah, for some reason I'm thinking it is a onesie. <laughs> it's got this, a hood as well. This is this is Keith. This <clears throat> is Keith Carradine. This is Roscoe Wilkes. It's a good look. Yeah, he's got he's got a two henchmen also in matching sort of jumpsuits, leather. Wow, that's one of them's Wesley Snipes. Whoa, that's a good one. That's good good capture. Yeah, he he plays um, Ramrod. <laughs> Could it be called Ramrod the <laughs> Third? Okay, Ramrod the Third. 
don't want any backstory. I just want him to be called Ramrod the Third. And then the the second one uh, is the Mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Stealthy. Yeah, he's just called the Mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's good because I, I don't think he knows any other words. I'm, I'm only joking. You can't call him the Mountain. He's called Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's an unfortunate. <laughs> What a coincidence. Yeah, that's it's just coincidence, that. Yeah, okay, well, that's fine. I shouldn't think there'll be any problems. Well, Dwayne spelt D-U-A. Ah, yes, very good. Yeah. yeah. That sorted them. Johnson could be uh, double S, because, like, you know, he's from Iceland, isn't he? Icelandic. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so he's got double S, no yeah. H. Yeah. Jonsson. Dwayne the Rock Jonsson. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we cover that. <laughs> We'll have no arguments there from Big Vince. Maybe he's Rock the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> rock the Dwayne to Rock the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> rock the Dwayne. <laughs> to Rock the Dwayne over. There you go, then. That's Thanks. what Ramrod the Third sings to him. <laughs> so Wesley Snipes is Ramrod the Third, and uh, the mountain from Game of Thrones is Rock the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> With two S's. <laughs> yep. He's right. in. Happy with that. And then obviously they've got a load <laughs> Very of like, happy, yeah. <laughs> they've obviously got a load of um ninjas or whatever the hell they've got. Also in leather. Low level ninjas with masks so we can reuse them when they get killed. Yep, exactly. Now you see, see. I'm on the budget already. Yeah, good man. So yeah, they get they get captured by them. It old scores to settle. Think die hard two, you know. Okay. No, die hard three. Think yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Die Hard 2 is nothing to do with the first one. <laughs> yeah, it's all a revenge scheme. And uh, like Die Hard 3, we're going to have, uh, you know, bombs planted in places. We're going to see a bomb go off in the uh, Texas Ranger um, station where Captain Carl Weathers is. Is he, is he all right? Carl Weathers? Yeah. I hope so. He's got to be in this film. Oh, no, I meant after the bomb. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just asking about his his, his health. No one kills Carl Weathers except Carl Weathers. Yeah, you're damn right. We covered all that. He was on the toilet at the time. He thought it was him, but um, no, it's he's he's totally fine. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Is that is that a someone who's having a shit in this film flag? No, or no, is, is, no. Okay, good. No, no. I don't want to set the. I want to set you off. No, I was going to say I'd have to write that down and uh, file it, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Right, where the sun don't shine. So with uh, with that happening, and we get a we get a note. Get me J.J. McQuaid. <laughs> where's Where's the note? Has he just put it under the toilet door? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, just slipped under <laughs> the, the door. Toilet roll. <laughs> it actually says, get me a lone wolf, and we actually, the next scene is the three of us standing around holding a wolf, but then we actually think maybe they're on about McQuaid. Are we, so. are we still in the toilet cubicle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he thinks, actually, toilet roll would have been it. better. Well, you know, budget cuts, that's our office, so... <laughs> In the cubicle next to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Passing the reports under the doors. Yeah, those holes aren't glory holes. It's so we can talk to each other. <laughs> hey, if Carl Weathers wants to use it as a glory hole, he's the captain. <laughs> Not a damn thing we can do about it. <laughs> so yeah, we, we get the note saying, uh, you know, get me JJ McQuaid. So yeah, cut to, as you say, Barbara Carrera. She's fucking bollocking him. Oh, God. She's pissing me off again now, she is. Uh, she's bollocking him. Why don't you change? You drink the same beer, you wear denim all the time, you've still got a wolf. Yeah. You're not no longer a lone wolf, you got me, that's what she says to him. You're no longer a lone wolf, McQuaid. He, he leaves the house, you know, he's, he's just like, why the fuck have I been with this woman for 40 years? 
looking outside. He's like he's like rolling around shooting things. <laughs> he has to get somebody to help him up. Yeah, yeah. That's why well, his missus is, is helping him roll. And uh, <laughs> so she's rolling him in the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> not against his will, though. No, well, no, no, no. That would be that would be nasty. It would be very unkind, wouldn't it? Unkind of her. Yeah. When we see uh, a a car pull up outside the the shack, it's nice that they lived in this shack for forty years, isn't it? Yeah, especially as he sh- he shot a hole through straight through the ceiling as soon as uh, Ko walked in. Yeah, but it is Ko. That's who it is. He's pulled up. Oh yeah, he's still a trooper because he's useless. So he's never got promoted. That's fair enough. He says, "JJ, we we need you downtown. The new captain needs to speak to you." And then mm. Phil's uh, McQuaidin on the, the the bombing at the uh, the Texas Ranger HQ or whatever the fuck it's called. I think that is what it's called. That'll do. Yeah, gets there and then the phone rings. Pick it up. It's Roscoe Wilkes. Oh man, he's ringing him as well. Yeah, he's saying that he's got got the daughter, got the the wife. We want. To swap them two for McQuaid. They so, say, yeah, okay then. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he's 80. What the fuck? <laughs> That's two for one. That's win win. He says we'll meet out in the, the same place where, in Mexico, where everyone meets because everyone knew where it was in the first one. Oh, uh, yeah, they're going to that place in Mexico, are they? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. And uh, Chuck says, okay, but if I'm going, I'm taking my team with me. Carl Weathers like, most of those people are well into their 70s. You can't take them. <laughs> <laughs> I insist that you take these two young bucks. Yeah. And we, we, like, open our... Um... Trousers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we open our Sorry. cubicle doors. Yeah, and, uh... I don't know. I never, I never know what you're going to say. <laughs> I assume up. it's trousers. You, you, you are just but fastening your trousers. Um, <laughs> You just had a shit, so do add it to your list. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. There's no shits in this film. <laughs> you apologise no, saying... That's, you... that's the first one, though. No, I'm not apologising for having a shit. <laughs> I'm not at home. You said you, you were spelunking for brown trout, is what you said. <laughs> Which is an old Texan term. <laughs> <laughs> We do have cowboy hats on, by the way. Yeah, the exactly. That, that, that's how I know the Texas term. Yours is very small, though, of course. Yeah, yeah, cowboy hat, I mean. <laughs> I was going to say, I've been told that before. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. McQuaid obviously says, I'm, I'm taking KO with me. I need one more man. And then a helicopter turns up and someone comes smashing through the window. <laughs> <laughs> And then we're like, who the hell's this? And then... Who's this? is very unorthodox. Yeah. And looks around and just says... Hello! <laughs> it's Leon Isaac Kennedy as Lionel Richie. It's a, it's a 70-year-old Lionel Richie. It's, it's <laughs> FBI agent. Smashing through the window. <laughs> By accident. Yeah. They're meant to have He's laid a, him slowly. Aiming for the door. He just tripped. Yeah. So after a quick um, quick trip to the hospital with uh, Lionel Richie, um, <laughs> make sure he's all right. Yeah, is he okay? That's, yeah, it's fine. We all we all head off. We're on a road trip. Uh, some of this film is road trip, and it's uh, a lot of just watching fine and dandy try and corral these OAPs. <laughs> <laughs> just wheeling them about the place. Yeah. Obviously, you know, there's going to be one where we're in a bar and a fight breaks out. 
we got to try and calm that down. Ends up being a big bro- bar-, bar brawl. Oh, God. How long yeah. does that last? All night long. <laughs> all night. <laughs> not now, Lionel. <laughs> well, Lionel's not with us. We had to leave him at the hospital because this 70-year-old man went through a plate glass window. <laughs> It's just me, you, Lone Wolf, McQuaid, and KO. Oh, that is a shame. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice of him to turn up, though, wasn't it? <laughs> so the majority of the film is 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 the, the sort of road trip aspect. Maybe you know some some good script writing about you know the aging process. And he's a lone wolf, but you know, at eighty years old, you've got to you've got to you can't be the same man that you were at forty. I think that's what he's thinking to himself as he's watching me and you drag KOs unconscious out of the fucking bar because he got knocked out instantly. Yeah, he, he fell over, didn't he? Yeah, and he opens his wallet, obviously, and has a look at the picture of his ex-wife, who he still has a picture of in there for some reason. And he's That is weird, isn't it, that? Yeah, I wonder what Barbara Carrera thinks of that. Well, she's asked him to change his wallet as well, but he won't, so it's another thing. <laughs> She asked him to change his uh, beard. Absolutely not, no. Some things you just can't change. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Yeah, so we head head over for the handoff. Before before we do, we do make a call. Carl Weathers, we've got to call, phone it in and, and tell him how we're getting on. And we're, we're nearly there. There's been a bit of trouble. And Carl Weathers says, well, you got to make you got to get there, get the hostages out, make sure McQuaid's safe, minimal casualties, and, and bring uh, Roscoe Wilkes in alive. And if you don't, I'll rape you into next week. <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. And so, yeah, we go to the compound. Uh, all going smoothly, according to plan. We've got um, McQuaid and KO there. They've gone round the front, and then obviously me and you round the back as per. Yep, that's just where I'm safest. Yep. We get caught. Oh, damn it. We get caught by Ramrod the Third and Rock the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was going to happen, wasn't it? And a, a shootout breaks out, and when all we think all's all's lost, a helicopter turns up. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. Someone parachutes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the parachute doesn't open. He just hits the ground at fucking thirty <laughs> miles an hour, and then the parachute <laughs> opens. <laughs> and just covers his body. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's Who's Lionel this? Richie. <laughs> He's back. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> what do we say to him? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's what he says, yeah. Just as it covers him there. Um, and... It, in the ensuing melee of that, um, Roscoe gets uh, gets away with his team. We do get the ex-wife and the daughter back. Unfortunately, they they have taken Ko. Oh no! And McQuaid. Oh, McQuaid's gone. Well, they only wanted McQuaid. Why are they taking Ko? That was the whole point. Was they just take McQuaid and we get the women back? What's Ko? Why is Ko gone? Maybe he's jumped in the back with them, unseen. <laughs> he got confused about which car it was his. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> He's just sitting in between them both. He was passed out still from the uh, previous fight, and they've got in our car to, you know, escape. Ko's still in the boot. Ah, right. Okay, I've got you. I've got you. That makes sense. 
And then what they do is they um kill him. They they tie us up back to back and leave us out in the desert. That's when we're at our most dangerous. Yes, or least dangerous. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that our most dangerous. <laughs> that's, I don't know why they don't do it more often. <laughs> Aha, that's when we're at our least dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Carl Weathers just slapping his own face and running his hand down it. <laughs> Maybe we don't get the women back then because they've got they've taken all of them. But they've taken Chuck, Ko, and or the KO women by mistake. Yeah, <laughs> I know one wants it for real. <laughs> no, and then they've left us out in the desert there, and obviously uh, Lionel Richie's with us, also attached to us still. But he's just a corpse at this point. Is he still covered by his own parachute? Yeah. Okay. He's just attached to us. We're all all three of us are back to back, but obviously his feet are just dragging along the floor. What else happens? And it, well, come on, something else is going to happen though. I'm not having that as being the end. That's like the the second act, isn't it, where everything looks lost for the heroes. So what do we do? We regroup. Well, we die instantly because I'm still out <laughs> in the fucking desert, attached to Lionel Richie, who's dead. So we ain't got much chance. <laughs> just die instantly. <laughs> <laughs> That would be good, wouldn't it, if we were just out there and then suddenly we both just fell dead. <laughs> just burst into flame from the, the sun. <laughs> just explode. <laughs> so we all wake up. We're all back to back, tied up. We've got to try and find our way out of there. Uh, we're trying to make it to a town. We've got no water, obviously. All looks lost. Looks like we're going we're gonna to die. What we do find out is when everything looks lost, we hear that uh, Lionel Richie's uh, corpse has got a radio attached to it. <laughs> I should hope so. So, in order to uh, get through to anyone, we've got to sort of punch through the the um, the parachute. Just we're basically punching the corpse of Lionel Richie in order for the in order for the radio to send a signal to anyone. So we're punching the corpse of Lionel Richie. Well, yeah. Okay. Sort of backfisting him, so to speak. Because obviously, we're facing <laughs> away from him. We're trying to. We're basically trying to hit the. Um, you know, the, the button you press when you're in trouble, whatever that thing is, that they have on walkie-talkies. <laughs> well, what's that thing called? Well, there isn't one. What are you talking about? Yeah, on you're there. T- like... you're, you're talking about ones that you just buy from a like toy shop. No, there's a, there's like a button on them that's like um, a help thing. If you get if you like mountaineering, you get stuck, you press this and it sends a signal out. I don't know. I, I don't go mountaineering. Nor do you, so I don't know what you're talking about at all. <laughs> Anyway, we managed to hit that, and and uh, helicopter turns up. <laughs> There's a button on the walkie-talkie that brings helicopters. It sends a signal out to where we are. That's the least. That's the least believable thing that you've said since we started this pitch. <laughs> how, how would you, how would you get us out of this situation? Can't we just set fire to Lionel Richie? We're in the and desert. The smoke. The smoke from his corpse would attract a helicopter. Okay, yeah, let's do that. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! How are we going to get off him, though? We're attached to him. Um, when his flesh burns, uh, we just snap him. <laughs> we, can't, <laughs> just... we can't set fire to him and still be attached to him. <laughs> this is why I don't come up with the plans. <laughs> we, waste, we waste four hours trying to set fire to him. <laughs> Kindling up his ass. <laughs> That's the least of his worries if Carl Weathers catches us. 
I don't know. Go on then. We'll press this imaginary button or whatever it is you come up with. <laughs> if you think that's if you think that's more plausible than burning it. <laughs> so we're we're all about to die because we've been out there for so long. And then just in the we hear the the sound of a truck turning up, and uh, in the truck you got Carl Weathers, a couple of other Texas Rangers. They find us. Thank God for that. F- FBI, should I say, not Texas Rangers. And Carl Weathers is with them. Unties us from from Lionel Richie's corpse. We we get in the back of the, the van and uh, obviously they they got Lionel Richie just attached by rope to the back, just dragging along. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they could actually bring him into the vehicle. No, Carl Weathers likes to stretch out. We think that's what he means by that anyway. I was going to say, that's not what he's told us, is it? It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Carl says that thanks to the quick thinking of K.O., who's just come to, we can we can track the car that they're in. <laughs> well, I haven't seen him set fire to Chuck Norris. No, but he's got he's got through on his uh, on his mobile phone that he's because he's just woken up in the boot and realised that he's okay. So he's he's still locked away, is he? Yeah. The boot is the trunk for our American listeners. So we're we're in pursuit of them, and um, we cut to Chuck and all them guys who are captured, and they're in this like compound that you know, like Carradine for some reason had a compound, <laughs> but he's got a compound as well, old uh, Roscoe Carradine. Yeah, yeah, the other Carradine. The other Carradine. He's also got it's a, a compound. F- family. It's family thing, isn't it? They've got compounds galore. Yeah, and we see that McQuaid's there. He's tied up. He wants to torture him, basically, because of what he did to his brother. He blew him up or whatever the fuck he did to him. Basically, Chuck Norris is strung up. He's got his shirt off. He's looking frail because he's 81. He's getting, like, you know, Ramrod the Third's, like, laying into him. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> no, I just thought you were saying he's getting... Yeah, I didn't know what you were going to say. Yeah, laying into him. And then he, he steps away, and uh, as he's, he's sort of, like, hanging there, you know, he's got his arms up above his head, chained up, you know, classic, like, a good guy getting tortured, like, look. And someone comes and uh, wipes the, the blood away from out of his eyes, and it's none other than Barbara Carrera. Holy shit. Remember how she was randomly there at the end in the first one? Yeah, yeah, she was just hanging around with the bad guy, but claims she never betrayed him. Yeah, well, she's saying the exact same again. I'm sorry. Hell. But uh, he blackmailed me to still be in the family business or whatever. All that bollocks, like, from the first film. He probably should leave this woman, to be honest. This is the second time that she's got in with the world. She's got something to do with, yeah, something to do with torturing everybody. Yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of conscious that, mind you, in Lone Wolf McQuay, you didn't see much of the bad guy in that, did you, really? He just turned up to do, like, his exhibitions. Yeah, meaningless. Maybe he's doing martial arts. Yeah, we do a bit of, we see a bit of an exhibition going on now, then, let's say. He's doing an exhibition with uh, Ramrod III. What do you mean, exhibition? Martial are they martial? Skills. Oh, I was going to say, are they martial artists or are they just being exhibitionists? Well, Roscoe's actually a swordsman. Oh, they do a bit that. of bit of fencing. So we get we see a bit of that. The local villagers all applauding. You know, who's he fencing? Ramrod, third. Oh, okay. He's up to a bit of that as well, is he? Yeah, well, you know, blade. He liked a bit of sword fighting in that, didn't he? Okay, yeah, yeah that's good enough. And as that happens, we're watching with the uh, the binoculars. How um, far away are we? Oh, we're up, we're in the up, same room. We're, we're up on the hill overlooking the compound. Yeah, we're far too close to be using binoculars. Picture this for a heroic pose. You've got me. Mm-hmm. We got you. Yep. You've got Carl Weathers in mm-hmm. between us, and then yep. you—you're holding, propping up uh, Lionel Richie, who's still covered in the uh, 
um, what's it called? The parachute. The parachute, and you're holding the binoculars up to where his head would be, just so he can have a look too. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we decide that we're going to uh, going to attack in the dead of night. Can we be all silhouetted on the top of a cliff top? Yes. Fantastic. The sun setting and everything. It's just. Yeah. It's, can Carl Weathers have his uh, hands on his hips? Carl Weathers has his hands on our hips. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> <laughs> and you're holding up Lionel Richie. Story of my life. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, and K.O. Ramos, he uh, he's like in inside the compound as well, isn't he? So he's in on the. He's going to attack. Is he, as well. is he still locked up in the trunk? Yeah, which has also got our guns in there as well. No one's checked in there. Yeah, we've got some, oh, okay. Some. That's very, very poor show from the the hoodlums. Yeah, well, it's only Ramrod the Third and Rock the Dwayne Johnson. They're not. Uh, I'm not telling you, Ram, Ramrod the Second would have checked. Yeah, well, unfortunately, he didn't. That's why he's no longer with us. Ramrod the First <sighs> would have checked. He definitely always did. Ramrod the First was Sidney Poitier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Ramrod the second was Bill Cosby, but uh, that's why we don't talk about him. We break into the compound, Ken, by pretending to be old uh, village women. <laughs> I was going to say women, yeah, washer women. Yes, that's how we break in. Yeah, so we got we turn up. We've got a, like a cart full of rags, and then me and you under the guise of washer women. What do we say? What are we doing to wash? Me, you, and Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie's in like a like a wheelchair. He's not going to wash much, is he? Oh, is it? He's still wrapped in the parachute, but he's just got like an old woman wig on, on the top. Ex- over perfect. his head. Yeah. And uh, that's how we sneak in. We're doing the laundry for him. And, uh, do we actually do it? Yeah, it's just an hour of us doing the chores around. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I hate to let them down. <laughs> uh, you actually shout, comma, star bitches. And... Uh, <laughs> Whip the uh, the rags off you, and you've got like two like uh, machine guns. Why, why am I shouting that? I don't know why. Not. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. <laughs> it's like, how are you, bitches? So you, you're respectful, but also, do I wait for a reply or do I just open <laughs> fire? <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! And uh, yeah, you start shooting, open it, open fire. I'd like obviously dive away from you because it's absolutely it's like that is just not the plan that we actually said we were going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you just got hey, too carried away. Yeah, well, I thought something new. No, while you're doing that, I uh, I've got two grenades. I uh, yeah, pop the pins in both of them, put them in the lap of um, Lionel Richie, and kick him into the uh, <laughs> into the bunker, the bunkhouse. <laughs> That's a shame, isn't it? And in the rag bin that we bought in, Carl Weathers is in there, like uh, Robert Zadar in uh, <laughs> Samurai, Samurai Cop. Cop. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. He comes like, rolling out with, he's got a shotgun, he's got like the shells crisscrossed over his chest, you know, the classic Oh, look. yes. Is he also not wearing a shirt? He's got his sheriff's shirt, but he's got, he's got like the sleeves cut off. Oh, okay. And no, it's like, I don't know. I wanted him shirtless. Okay, no shirt, but he, he's still got his sheriff's badge on. And he's, he has got his sleeves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the total opposite. <laughs> he's got his sheriff's badge, like, sticking into his chest, so you see, like, bleeding. Yeah. And his cowboy hat. He's got to have his sheriff's hat on. Excellent. So, yeah, fighting's breaking out. Obviously, you know, the final showdown stuff, we've got uh, uh, you're against uh, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, good. I like that. I like the odds. 
you're, you're uh, yeah, you end up, uh, you know, <laughs> getting beaten to death because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's hard and I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> enjoy it, Izzy. <laughs> That's how he beats me to death. Just throwing you from pillar to post like a fucking yeah. rag doll. <laughs> I tried to beat him off, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, carry on. So yeah, you were uh, you against Wesley Snipes, and that just leaves me with the small task of uh, rock the Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, me and Carl Weathers are taking him, and you, you're alone with Wesley Snipes. Okay. Yeah, so you know me, me and me and Carl, we're doing all right. We're holding our own against him. We're keeping distance because you don't want him to catch you. Meanwhile, you're just getting the absolute shit kicked out of you, <laughs> Wesley Snipes. Quite right too. Uh, Ko is is uh, he pops up out of the boot. He's got a rocket launcher. Yeah, what does he say? Got to have a catchphrase. He's got to have a quick one one liner there. He says, um, "Yeah, he says bonjour, madame." Comme elle t'appelle tu? Who wear la bibliothèque? <laughs> That's what he says because it, it's yeah. French and if French and no one in America knows French, so they'll think, "Wow, that was clever." <laughs> <laughs> He gets out. He frees. Uh, he frees Chuck. They're heading to try and find the the, the girls. When uh, Keith Carradine turns up, Roscoe. He's got his swords. Hands want to. Hang chunk. on. Hang on a minute. Does he fire the bazooka, or does he just burst out of the trunk with a bazooka and he's then just it. gets out slowly and goes yeah. to fight? <laughs> yeah. He goes, yeah. Exactly. We've got oh, the, right, okay. the budget for rocket launchers. We spent okay, it all on right. on kicking Lionel Richie out of the helicopter against his will. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, carry on then. Yeah, okay, so he goes in, yeah. Freeze Chuck Norris, and Chuck says, I'm going to go find my uh, daughter and wife. You go and help Ken, because he looks like he needs some fucking help. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets thrown against the wall. <laughs> you say, it's all right, guys. My plan is to tire him out first. <laughs> and then... <laughs> it's the old uh, rope-a-dope. <laughs> yeah, that's what you say as he drags you back outwards. So, yeah. Uh, Ko comes to help you, and then uh, leaves McQuaid. He's alone with with Carradine, and they have a like a, a sword fight on the roof. Okay, can a uh, McQuaid use a like a cane that has got a sword inside it? Where's he got a cane from? Because well, he's eighty. A cane with a wolf's head on the top. Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's eighty years old. He could be using that. Right, okay, he grabs his lucky cane that he's we <laughs> haven't mentioned. Probably, yeah, he probably should have had that in earlier scenes. <laughs> Maybe he does. And yeah, pulls it out and it's uh yeah, it's a sword. And uh, they end up fighting on the roof, them two, Carradine and Norris. I like it. Just like old times. KO and you, you you end up you're using the rocket launcher on snipes and blowing him up. Ah, okay, excellent. Do I survive that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you manage basically just to get it get separation from snipes you don't put any offense in because wesley fucking snipes so basically he, th- he throws me away into a wall <laughs> and then yeah shoots him with a rocket launcher and then the uh you know from the the blast of that rocket launcher sends the wall down or something <laughs> you know like shredder in the ninja turtles in the film bit of that going on just on top of uh rock the dwayne johnson as he's oh, sort of man. chasing after me and carl weathers and with the the ceiling sort of caves in McQuaid and Carradine fall down in, into the street. So obviously we do the let them fight thing, you know. Uh, they do a bit of sword play, bit of fighting. Chuckle might, might maybe hit him with a high kick. <laughs> At 81, yeah, he was careful. We might have to CGI that. And uh, he sees out the corner of his eyes he's about to kill Carradine. Um, 
that uh, me and you, we've got his his families, his wife and his daughter, ex-wife, of course, and obviously Lola, uh, Barbara Carrera, she's there as well. He's forgiven her instantly, of course. Sees George. them and thinks, I'm not going to kill the man in front of my family. So he lets him go, sort of punches him in the face, knocks him out. That's that's very charitable. <laughs> and uh, goes up to his family, saying that he loves them and stuff, you know, all that sort of stuff. Carl Weathers says he loves us, which is nice. <laughs> no one loves K.O., he just stands there silent. He <laughs> can say something else in foreign. But K.O. actually looks down and realises that his rocket launcher's gone. He just had it in his hands, it's gone. Oh no, what's happening here? Carradine shoots up, he's got an Uzi, you know, call back to the first one where everyone had an Uzi. Yep. And he's like, uh, eat shit, McQuaid. <laughs> and uh, wow, glan- he is a bad guy. And then uh, he just glances to his left, a rocket comes out of nowhere and blows him up. What the hell? We all sort of fall backwards onto the floor and through the mist, all we hear is, Hello. <laughs> Lionel Richie standing there. He's looking a bit battered, a bit bruised, a bit smouldering from the uh, when we kicked him into the thing. But he's holding the rocket launcher. When we burnt him. We burnt him in the desert. Yeah, and also when we (laughs) put uh, grenades on him and threw him into one of the buildings. (laughs) Yeah, he's holding the rocket launcher, and it was him who actually got Carradine in the end there. Wow. And we all laugh, pointing, wagging our finger at him, you know. Oh, you. And McQuay goes... I'm going to go home and feed my wolf. <laughs> we all laugh and we're all like linking arms, walking out of the place. That's beautiful. Well, a helicopter lands on top of Lionel Richie to come pick us up. But besides that, <laughs> that's the end. What do you think? I don't think I, yeah, I think that's action-packed. It's uh, true to the original. Um, it opens up new avenues. Uh and it's got Lionel Richie. Well, you you go get yourself out into the desert and find where Chuck Norris is hiding nowadays and, and, and pitch the film to him. I will. And whilst you're doing that, I'll say thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to this episode. Lone Wolf McQuaid in the can, done and dusted. The can was a pearl lager. Thank you, as always, to my co-host, Kenby Wild. Well, Dankeschön. So what did you think to this week's episode? What did you think to this week's film? Is it better than Invasion USA? Is it better than Missing in Action? Is it better than Sidekicks? Let us know. <laughs> to be honest, two out of three, I'd probably say no. <laughs> the email address, badmoviecultwithgmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, on Facebook, or on Instagram. If you want to discuss this week's episode with other cult members, you can. You just need to search Bad Movie Cult Discussion Group on Facebook. All the links will be available in the show notes. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple. You can listen to us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to us on Good Pods. You've got Goodreads, and that's for book recommendations, and Good Pods is for podcasts. You can find all sorts of uh, hidden gems on there. Just search for the, the app on your on your app store on your phone and download the app and give us a listen on there if you'd like. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can by simply leaving us an Apple podcast rating or review. You can also do the same on Spotify. It's a massive help getting us found by new listeners. And you can find all previous episodes as well as written reviews uh, of films not covered on this podcast on our website. That's www.badmoviecult.com. Join us again in two weeks' time and we'll be back with another movie review, deep dive and film pitch right here on the Bad Movie Cult podcast. Say bye, Ken. Okay, bye, Ken. It's alive, it's alive. <laughs> it's alive. See, see you next time. Dominic Lawton. Ken Be Wild. 
Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. I never forget an asshole.